It's November 21st, 2022. This is a special edition of Rook. Well, hi there. Welcome to episode 217 of Rook. With Mahabod, any pretense is totally gone. It's a full-on war on the people of Iran. I'm Gian Gomeshi. Hello to you from Toronto. Salam Dustan Aziz. Durur Bashamah. This week in Kurdistan, any pretense is totally gone. It's a full-on war on the people of Iran. And this is a really important moment that we all have to recognize. A macabre escalation that will be horrific before this theocracy is dead. Maybe we shouldn't get too distracted by leadership aspirants and World Cup anthems. This is the urgent situation. This is the Red Alarm Proclamation. With the city of Mahabad, any pretense is totally gone. It's a full-on war on the people of Iran. Remember those friends of yours who explained to you how different the situation is with Ukraine, given that that's a military conflict and a Russian invasion? Take a look at the tanks sent to Kurdistan this weekend and try to see this as anything other than a similar equation. This is a war, but the invading force is not from outside the borders. The invaders are the Islamic Republic regime, and the attack is on the Iranian people. To recap, in an effort to quash massive protests in Kurdish-majority cities and towns in western Iran, including and in particular Mahabad, the regime has turned its military hardware on an unarmed population. The sound of bombs, gunfire, explosions and screams, the sounds of a massacre of those who dared to speak out or were simply in the way, a crackdown with the internet blocked and the lights turned off at the end of the day. It's horror movie stuff. The latest clashes erupted on Friday when security forces opened fire at those who had gathered for the funeral services of protesters killed earlier in the week. Let me say that again. They were shooting at innocent people attending the funerals of others that they killed. Is there no end to how barbaric this regime can get? Is there no bar that is too low for them to set? There have been dozens of lives stolen in the last 48 hours, children murdered by an Islamic regime lashing out in a final act of treachery. And perhaps it was inevitable that it would come to this, as girls and boys, women and men rise from every corner of the country to reject an illegitimate cabal of ayatollahs and fight to be free. Maybe it was inevitable that this bloodbath would come to be. But to be clear, the suggestion that there is a war going on is no longer a metaphor. This is not symbolic or theoretical. This is not overstated or hypothetical. This is urgent. With Mahabad, any pretense is totally gone. It's a full-on war on the people of Iran. And there are some signs of solidarity across the country, the little indicators of hope that attempts to divide and conquer have failed, a hope that unity has prevailed. And so the chants were heard tonight in Tehran. Mahabad Tanhonist Kolle Iran Poshtishe and Mahabad Kurdistan, a model for the whole of Iran. The slogans are inspired. But the message must be worldwide. Don't let CNN get away with calling this ongoing protests in Iran anymore. Don't let mainstream media suggest that this is only about the hijab and nothing more. This is a war. It's a war between a military and an unarmed nation. It's a humanitarian crisis and a dire ambush of a population. If you spent the last two months wondering whether to jump into speaking out about Iran and taking to the streets, now would be the moment to enter the fray. 
If you've been too busy or find it too upsetting or wonder if you could really make a difference, surely it's the time to join the movement today. It's a full-on war on the people of Iran. None of us should rest easily until this regime is finally gone. Coming up, we have some featured guests joining us from around the world, including Bahman Gobadi on Kurdistan, Sahar Fatemi in Qatar, and Mohsen Parsa on his legal challenge to this regime. This is Rook, episode 217, The Uprising. It's a full-on war on the people of Iran. Hi there. Quite a show coming up. There is so much to get to. There's so much going on. Uh, We are going to, of course, deal with the World Cup. There was that epic game today. Well, it didn't turn out to be an epic game. It was an epic spectacle between England and Iran. Uh, And there's so much to talk about with that. We'll get to that with our roundtable. But... Uh, our first featured guest today, Sahar Fatemi, who's a football analyst uh, in England normally, is in Qatar right now, where she went to the game. Not only did she go to the game, but she went to the game wearing a, a Woman Life Freedom t-shirt and uh, chanting slogans and holding a placard with some of her friends um, and has lived to tell the tale. But um, by the sounds of it, uh, it was quite a harrowing experience on the one hand for her, on the other hand, uh, an enlightening one that she can tell us about um, being there in that stadium uh, while Team Meli uh, played uh, and played awfully and lost to England. So we'll get to that. We'll get to the World Cup uh, and the controversies or the chatter around all of that. Um, but also, um, as per my opening essay just now, we are going to talk about this desperate situation in Kurdistan, which really ultimately um, should be the priority at this point for anyone who's interested in what's going on with this Iranian revolution. Um, this is ground zero uh, at this stage. Mahabad, Kurdistan, what, what, it is just an awful situation. And there's few people better to talk about it in terms of being a passionate voice for the Kurdish uh, people, for the Iranian Kurdish people as well. Bahman Globadi, the great filmmaker um, and outspoken uh, critic of this regime. Uh, of course, he's exiled, so I think he'll be joining us this time from New York. But Bahman Globadi coming up. You really don't want to miss anytime he's on the program. I mean, so far, Sahar Fatemi, you want to hear this. She's in Qatar. Uh, I know she's going to have interesting things to say. Bahman Globadi, you never want to miss because he is um, he's a wordsmith. I think... A lot of this interview will probably end up being in Persian because Bahman uh, prefers to speak in Farsi. But um, so be aware of that if you're a non-Iranian, uh, non-Farsi uh, speaker, I should say, uh, that that one may be um, may some have some Persian uh, sprinkled into it. Uh, and then before the end of the show, um, our third feature guest is going to talk about we're going to talk about the role of big social media platforms in keeping the Islamic Republic of Iran in power. So there is an Iranian American attorney in California who has launched a lawsuit against Twitter, Instagram and Meta 
uh, around practices that he argues amount to enabling the policies and continued power of the regime in Iran. This is something that um, is not new. We've talked about this. We've talked about everything from shadow banning to uh, the seeming amplification uh, of um, pro-regime voices and certainly the enabling of someone like um, Ayatollah Khamenei uh, being on Twitter and, and these platforms. So Mohsen Parsa, the, um, the lawyer and also self-described soccer geek who I think played with the the youth national team in Iran and has played with the American team. Uh, he's a former soccer player, so he'll have something to say about uh, the football situation and the World Cup as well and uh, Iran's role in it. Let me bring in our Rook Roundtable before we get to our feature guests. As ever, hello to you, Pega. Hello. And hello, Shia. Hi, Last time I saw both of you other than in this studio was in a, on a freezing tundra, yes. uh, <laughs> minus zero weather. Uh, and this was part of a day of demonstrations mm-hmm. in many cities around the world, global day of action, I guess, of some kind, that um, we took p- uh, part in here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And a shout out to the Iranian Canadians who uh, were there. I posted this on my, um, my Instagram, a video of it, but I think there was about 30,000 of us mm-hmm. there in freezing weather. Um, which, of course, is what it is. But um, uh, it's great to see that kind of uh, ne- neither rain nor shine, uh, <laughs> you know, will stop uh, or sleet nor snow will will stop um, people who are passionate about trying to do what we can to support um, uh, the folks in Iran. So it, it was a, it was a it was heartening to see that many people mm-hmm. out there. It's funny. Right before I went, um, uh, I was talking to a friend to coordinate to get there, and, and he said. Uh, I wonder if, you know, it's freezing outside, like, like you know, Iranians, yeah. like we were kind of like doing our little prejudice about, uh, you know, and it, and it turned out to be a very, very strong contingent of people who really wanted to be there for and were there for a few hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people um, prior to actually arriving there had the same thought. I know me and a couple of friends were wondering the same thing and thinking, you know, is it going to be a turnout like uh, back in October when we saw upwards of 50,000 people show up? And mind you, the weather was very different then. Mm. But you know, like you said, there was roughly 30,000 people. Um, and we weren't the only place um, taking part in the global rally yeah. that, that had snow. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so Stockholm um, in Sweden, they they had similar weather. I think Shout out to our Swedish sisters and brothers. Yeah, exactly. I think they also braved uh, some, some intense weather. And then, of course, um, some other places as well included uh, Munich, Germany, Den Haag, Netherlands, um, Oslo, Norway, and of course, um, other Canadian cities like Vancouver, Halifax, and there's so many more. I think there was a hundred some odd cities. But are the, all these part. places snow? No, no. Okay. I think I think Stockholm. <laughs> I thought we was were the only we moved other, on from the snow. We thing. moved on yeah. from the snow. Yeah, Stockholm was the only other city who uh, who ventured into the mm. snow like we did. But it was it was amazing to see the turnout despite the freezing cold. Yeah, and you know, again, uh, a couple of months in, the, I, I do hear people sort of whispering things like, well, I don't think the protests are have the enthusiasm mm-hmm. that they used to, and there you, boom, and there you are, 30,000 in, in Toronto. Uh, I know there was one in D.C. as well. I, I happened to be uh, in, I didn't happen to be, I went to Washington, D.C. on Friday evening to see this um Iran Rising exhibition at the Fathom Gallery in Georgetown. This was a an exhibit presented by DC-based Iranian American women and uh, designers and artists. Mm-hmm. It was really impressive. It was kind of like a poster art mm-hmm. of uh, of uh, you, you, we've talked about the 
the fertility and the um, the 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 prolific nature of the art, the creativity that's come out of this revolution. Right. And some of it has been about these posters that have been created mm-hmm. uh, uh, by a lot of women artists uh, uh, and featuring all kinds of images, some of which have become iconic now. So uh, this was an exhibition of that. It was really, really nice to see in DC and shout out to, and congratulations to those people who organized that. It was quite good. Shia, you yes. were in Toronto yes. uh, because uh, as I came to the protest, I, I saw that you were up there um, uh, amongst the speakers, but you were speaking with your fingers yes, on the uh, piano. You were yes. performing. What was it like to perform in those? Oh, it was. Uh, uh, for an Iranian kid who's just come from Iran, it was. Uh, yeah. You're not used to the yeah, Canadian uh, <laughs> gigs outside, huh? You know, it was. I mean, it was a really interesting experience playing uh, there. Um, uh, yes, one side is like it was really freezing, and I played with like. The, two gloves on my hand mm-hmm. and but uh, the other thing that uh, for me wa- was like heartwarming so uh, our band now is mostly Canadian mm. and they were like um, amazed again by the crowd the size of the crowd yes yeah. yes and so uh, it was interesting this morning Josh one of our player mm-hmm. he sent me uh, an announcement for the next uh, uh, rally that <laughs> Shai, I know that the next rally and he's not Saturday. Iranian yeah. no he's yeah, not Iranian great. so yeah. he's getting to it and yeah, it was amazing yeah. yeah it was really good yeah it was nice to see you up there all right well so these protests are, or these demonstration rallies in support of what's going on in Iran uh, uh, with the revolution were happening but um, at the same time uh, as I talked about in the opening essay it's been a very difficult weekend uh, in terms of the activities uh, of this murderous, murderous regime in in Kurdistan, in Mahabad. And um, I mean, I, I, I've said what I can say about it. It is the closest thing to uh, to a full-on war, uh, for, right. you know, an, an attack on the Iranian people uh, by an unethical and um, increasingly unstable uh, regime on the run. Um, but these are these are really horrifying um, images and news mm-hmm. bits that we're hearing out of that region. Yeah, I mean, some of the videos that I'm sure so many of us have seen, the, the viral videos showing almost a state of um, military presence. I mean, not even almost, it is. It is oh, it's utmost absolutely, yeah. um, military presence. And you see this lineup of the military vehicles and the armed guards and things like that. You hear the stories of break-ins into people's homes, um, destruction of property, let alone all the brutality that we've been hearing in terms of actually, you know, beating, killing, torturing, mm. raping mm. Um, individuals. And I actually saw a video, um, and I, I don't know, I think it's one that a lot of people might have seen, but this one really, really stuck with me. And it was just, uh, it was a video of, um, the, the scene is <clears throat> just a, I guess, blood-covered ground, and all you're hearing is the screams and crying of the individual who is filming this. And it's just sounds, I mean, visually there's not much to see. Yeah. It's just this constant um, image of this floor, but the sounds that you hear, it is so heartbreaking and gut-wrenching. Yeah. And I don't know, I mean, th- those sounds have just stayed with me and, and the news that we continue to hear is just, it's horrific. Yeah, it's fair to say the this revolution is blood-soaked mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, and th- this is certainly one of the the outstandingly horrible events that have happened in the last two months where, as I said again in the essay, that basically a 
tanks tanks rolling in mm-hmm. like a an invading country mm-hmm. uh, into its uh, supposedly its own people. I don't know if we're we consider the regime our own people at this point. Yeah. The other side of it is, and I know I've said this on so many of the various episodes and, and even in conversations with everyone here and friends outside, but um, this amazement that I continue to have with the consistency and the unwavering support, especially in a place like Mahabad. Mm. I mean, you've seen this for weeks and weeks on end, and it's just unwavering even despite these tanks and and the military presence now you do not see them letting up well that's why that's why the regime is going in there like that mm-hmm. because kurdistan is one of the places of the of real resistance that's, uh, right. that's leading the the charge you know and so and yeah absolutely i mean it's it's overwhelmingly uh, inspiring to see how the re- the resilience mm-hmm. of um, the kurdish iranian people but uh, it's it's so this this goes into the category of one of those things. I think it was Saturday night. I don't know. It was one of those nights where I was going through social media and I really just turned off the phone. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This okay, enough for tonight. This is yeah. a this is just really disturbing stuff." You know. There was also um, reports that came from um, inside Javon Rood, which is another. Um, small um, city I think that's northwest of Kermanshah if I'm not mistaken and something that I read that again I mean there's no shortage of horrific things that we hear but um, there was a shortage of blood because of um, everything that's been taking place and so they had requested blood from a blood bank but the authorities wouldn't allow these medical like the ambulances or or whoever it was that was trying to bring this blood over to them into the city so what we ended up seeing I think it was Sunday night oh, yeah, is that video that. of all of these individuals who have rushed to this clinic yeah. Yeah. Um, to donate blood because they heard you yeah. know what is happening mm. and I mean just seeing that was just yeah. awful a few hours ago Sepa also attacked the uh, democratic uh, party of Kurdistan in Arbi mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. I mean in Iraq in yeah. Iraq yeah, yeah. and the Kurds are taking on both sides yeah. of the border. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's yeah, yeah. Okay, so in the in the meantime, as that goes on, and we've we're committed to not being um, entirely distracted by football to to, to not talk about the th- these things. But but the World Cup began yesterday, and and of course today was the the Iran England match, which in yeah. another universe. Or another time would be the most exciting day of the year for me. Uh, wow, my country of my ancestry, Iran, against the country of my birthplace, England. Mm-hmm. Who do I choose? Well, it didn't. It didn't turn into that difficult a choice for me. Uh, and I want to be really. I'm not going to be on the fence here about this. I was cheering for England um, with full lungs. Let's go, Three Lions! Come on, then, England. Uh, I, I am just. Uh, I was just sickened by um, Team Melly in, in recent days. Those those pictures, first with Raisi, and then the the pictures of high fiving and being happy, and uh, juxtaposed against uh, um, players from other countries who are much more serious. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Alexander Zinchenko is an Arsenal player, happens to be Ukrainian. There's shots of him crying, mm-hmm. and then the Team Melly players, you know, looking like they're going to Club Med or something. Yeah. And and you know news came out yesterday that uh, the the teaming the English team was going to take a knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I know this 
let me be clear that I understand that this was not just for Iran. Um, this is, as Coach Southgate says, this is for um, human rights and inclusivity. Um, but I was cheering that taking the knee as small and symbolic and potentially irrelevant as it could be because I knew the spectacle of these guys taking the knee, Team England taking the knee mm-hmm. while while the Team Meli guys stand there right. and kids are being killed back in back in Iran. Uh, it, it just I, I, it would just be outrageous. And of course, there was the the desperate hope that there would be something big that Team Meli does. As far as I'm concerned, not singing the national anthem is a gesture wasn't big enough for me. By that time, they they, they lost me and. Uh, it didn't it didn't sort of move the dial uh, and then they proceeded to just be um, um, sadly just like just out of it mm-hmm. on the pitch I mean uh, uh, England's got a good team but this was this was a mismatch of epic proportions by the I thought I thought six two flattered team Melly by the end you know mm-hmm. it was like it could have been ten nothing you know they yeah. just looked out of it so. I think you disagree with me or something? Um, I don't disagree with you. I just, I think I have some similar thoughts and some thoughts that are different. Um, first off, I was ridiculously emotional all morning. Mm. I cried from about 7.45 to like 8.30. I think I was just in tears the entire time. Um, and I, I mean, it was just a mix of emotions, this roller coaster of, you know, hoping that they would do something like you said and the anxiety of what are they going to yeah. do and... You know, hearing the 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 news from Mahabad and and seeing those images at the same time, or even the night before, um, I think it was just a collection of all of that. Um, plus the fact that I'm a diehard soccer fan, mm-hmm. I have been for years and years, and typically around this time, I'd be going crazy yeah. cheering for Team yeah. Italy. So, you know, I think a combination of all of that was making me really uh, really emotional. And when they didn't sing the national anthem, it was a sigh of relief for me. You know, because honestly i wasn't sure if they were going to or not so um you know i'm happy they didn't obviously do i think it's enough no i wish they had done more i wish you know um when tarami scored i wish he had done what the um what was it the 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 other uh, individual the football player who made the gesture of cutting, cutting his hair, hair and yeah. things like that i wish he had done something like that um but again you know to play devil's advocate i'm also going to say we heard even the Iranian coach say that we don't know what kind of pressure these guys are under, and I think it's important not to lose sight of that. So no, well, no one loses sight of that. First of all, don't play devil's advocate. <laughs> I mean, this is let's be real. I mean, no one, everyone gets that these guys are under a mm-hmm. lot of pressure, and and everyone with a big platform in Iran is under a lot of pressure, yeah. and a lot of them. I'm sorry, I know what they're. Not, I know they're not Team Meli, but that women's basketball team, who as an entire team. Took mm-hmm. the photo without the, the the hijab on and and did a big fuck you to the regime. Yeah, I mean the, there are people not just you know in sports there are Iranians doing doing something mm-hmm. and it was you know it, it's so just so depressing. Depre- I mean and and don't sorry, get me wrong, I'm not defending them <clears throat> in any way, shape, or form. I just think that you know, this has become such a big thing. And, and I think everyone is using this as an outlet for their anger. Sure, sure. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's important to remember that at the end of the day, we're, we're trying to keep eyes on Iran. And if this is the way to do it, if going to these games and holding up a slogan or a sign or something like that, or showing up in a t-shirt, 
going to these games doesn't mean that we're supporting the Islamic Republic. Well, who's going to these games? First of all, Sahara Fatimi is coming Mm -hmm. up in a minute. She's from, she's in Qatar. Yeah. And she went there to demonstrate. Exactly. Uh, So, but I don't know how many people are. I mean, I can tell you one of the most depressing things about watching this game, Mm -hmm. I thought this was why you're crying, is the only, (laughs) only thing they showed on the crowd shots were these, you know, ridiculously euphoric yeah uh jumri islami like flag holding guys you know who were who who looked like first of all your team is losing like five nothing dude Mm -hmm. calm down you know we get it you're all excited and hopped up to support the regime or something i I, listen i'm not i I am so you know me i don't want to i'm shame the players Mm -hmm. or get them you know have their ruin their lives or something like that i'm just so disappointed at this opportunity that was missed by team melly and so uh, it's just it's just very clear for me. Okay, well let's you know, I'll 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 in as much as I'll focus on the World Cup, it'll be on other teams and mm-hmm. and stuff because it, it uh, it it's it's just been so disappointing. Yeah, it's a, and and the anthem, uh, like I saw, you know, I, I feel like the West has Western people on. Twitter have interpreted this as some incredible, you know, like John Stewart and Barry Weiss and all these people were going, now this is bravery. And it's like, well... There's been there, braver acts. There's for been sure. so many more braver acts by by individuals, mm-hmm. right? And and I and there's so much that these guys could have done. Yeah. Um, even when they scored, I know they didn't celebrate, but there was an opportunity that's, there, right? That's what a I was symbolic gesture, yeah. zero, nothing. And you know, I've I've said from weeks ago when we were talking about the World Cup that I was going to wait until this game to see what they would do before I, I really took a stance and you know went with the boycotting and this and that and I'm disappointed I really am and I don't even know if I'm going to watch the other games that that Iran is going to play because of the fact that I'm so disappointed but what I was saying earlier is that I just I don't think that it's a p- time or place for misplaced anger that's all that's my biggest um, kind of note to add in here mm-hmm. and I and what's I truly the misplaced part in terms of taking out our anger with everything that's happening on just on this t- team. On the team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. And I think right. that, if anything, we should be using the World Cup as a platform. I mean, the individuals who are there stand up, standing up to the Qatari government right now, showing up with different flags and, you know, these signs and things like sure. that. Those are the people we should be focusing on. Sure. Even though the Qatari feed won't show any of that, as they didn't. I mean, you know, you and I were speaking before the show, and you had said that you didn't see any of those things. And I didn't either watching TSN, and I only saw it on Twitter. So, you know, amplifying those voices. No, Sahar, who's coming up, I was trading messages with her, uh, and she was like, did you see, did you see, I was, she was running around with uh, Mm -hmm. her and her friends with a huge sign. Yeah. You know, uh, free Iran. I didn't see any of that on the feed, you know. They they won't, I mean, the the crackdown is pretty generous. (laughs) Chaya, did you watch? Uh, watch. Highlights. Highlights. I mean, the whole. Did you not want to watch? I was asleep. Oh, Um, the whole, um, I think the whole, unfortunately, and I hate to say this, but I think the whole World Cup and the whole uh, controversy around Iranian team is a score for Jomri Islam. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're all distractions. Even the fact that we are happy that, like, Team Ali lost is, a, is a, like, it shows that how, how they divided. 
you know, it's sort of except honestly, honestly, I, I, it's so sad because, again, in a different time and a different uh, vibe, you know, we'd be rooting these guys on mm-hmm. to go to the second there. But honestly, I feel like okay, they lost. If they lose a couple more games, the Iran's out of the World Cup, and mm. we can get back to not talking about Team Melly. You know, mm. that's part of. I just want to be done with. You yes, know, yes. and and you know that we're. We want to talk about Mahabad today. Yeah. We want to talk about, um, but it, it's you can't you can't ignore the fact that it was an opportunity yeah, that hasn't really been taken, uh, yeah. or really hasn't been taken. Okay, there's the na- and not anthem singing that you yeah. know some people will make note so, of. And yeah, it's a score for the fucking Islamic Republic, and also uh, like you see that uh, because of World Cup. They, the, their oppression is like bigger and bigger because they, they know that yeah. World Cup uh, gets World Cup some is attention. beginning, so let's take move yeah. the tanks mm-hmm. into Kurdistan. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. But, and by the way, I know you follow the Iranian team mm-hmm. uh, more than I do. You know, I'm watching Premier League most of the year, or mm-hmm. other things, uh, Bundesliga. But but uh, this team is supposed to be good, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was the golden team of Iran. Yeah. You know, but yeah. They are like the, I mean, that was that was a, a, a that was a disaster by football standards. That was a disastrous performance, and I I can only I do feel for like these guys are yeah you know, I mean, they clearly awful. they're just out of it. Yeah, they, they just, looked horrible. Yeah. Even as as just you know take it even a look back at just you know the way they played, the way they looked, their appearances. Mm. It just they they look like zombies. <laughs> somehow, well, not somehow. It's it's clear that. It's a mess. Yeah. It's a mess yeah. in terms of there's, uh, um, in a way, uh, you can't expect them to. How how are they supposed to pull a pull a diamond out of this and, and yeah. you know win games yeah. when there's this much swirling around them? They are just young guys. They're, um, but I, I can't um, I can't let go of the disappointment. Yeah. And I and I just thought again that contrast of, and I know these things are. Are symbolic things and stuff, but the contrast of like even the English team doing something—it's just so ridiculous. It's like you know, really, and you can kind of see there was a weird moment too. If you saw the when the English team is kneeling, they're kind of looking over at the Iranian team. Mm-hmm. They're used to the other side kneeling too. Yeah. You know, it never happens in the Premier League that, or very very seldom, that the the other team doesn't kneel. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I think it happened once with an Eastern European team, and it was big news that you know. Um, and and so they're kind of looking over, and then they stand up after a while, you know, and and um, it just the whole thing was so uncomfortable, and and yeah, yeah, just an awkward moment overall. And one thing when we talk about the 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 skewed interpretation of things sometimes in the West because people can't we can't we can forgive non-Iranians for not being in the weeds mm-hmm. the way. Uh, most of the people in the Iranian diaspora are so. So uh, this, without the backdrop of all the things that Team Meli hasn't done on the meeting with Raisi and whatever, mm-hmm. this does seem like a courageous act. Yeah. Oh, these guys just turned up and they didn't sing the national anthem. Wow, right? Um, but along those lines, something that I've been noticing the last few days too is is a, a frustration with the. Um, I mean, I've I've had a frustration in, in as much as I've noticed that. Uh, Western media, I think I saw something on CNN or something, and they were covering the protest, the revolution, you know, mm-hmm. 
which they call protests in Iran. Still, yeah. yeah. And they said, uh, and the comes back to the anchor guy, and and he goes, uh, it's like Don Lemon or something. And he goes, oh, the, the those are the protests in Iran, um, where people are protesting because a 22 year old girl mm-hmm. who was supposed to wear a hijab, but your mass name Masa Amini died, and of course Masa Amini is the is the icon, mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, w- the precipitant to the moment that this all uh, began. But it's so far behind to be saying, I mean, it's it's really two months ago's news to say this is about Masai, I mean, he's hijab at this point, you know. And and the, the, the Western media, even now that some have caught up to, oh, we should cover what's happening in Iran, are so far behind on what's what this is about for Iranians. It really is a yeah. it really diminishes the importance of what's going on to say these are some protests about oh. you know the girl that was killed. Mm-hmm. I, I mean it's uh, with all due respect to to Masa Amini, this is about a, you know an entire yes. cultural and historic yeah. movement and uh, for change led by women around a, a, a number of issues, but fundamentally. Um, to get rid of a regime, mm-hmm. uh, it's not a, a protest movement about it. Uh, it, it was for a week, yes. you know, yeah. or maybe three weeks. Uh, so it, it's it's strange how, you know, I, or maybe it's maybe it's not surprising mm-hmm. that uh, despite one guest here and there on some of these these major media outlets who do a good job. Uh, to explain once in a while, it, they're just so far behind what's going actually happening. The part that um, I wanted to actually point out is what you said about the fact that they don't say it's a movement looking to get rid of this regime. That's the part that I've only heard maybe a handful of times in any sort of coverage. It's this you know, very nicely packaged narrative of 22-year-old girl was killed and then there's these protests. Yeah. There's no... Further explanation. And it's about the hijab. Yeah. It's only about the hijab. Yeah, which it, exactly. that Even th- this guy was like, based on the fact that the morality police, I mean, mm-hmm. when was the last time anybody even talked about the yeah. Gash Ishad? That's like, you know, 100 years yeah. ago at yeah. this point, you know? The, the protesters themselves have moved so, yeah. far, so far beyond that. Every time we talk to somebody in Iran, on our Voices of Iran, they say, I haven't worn a hijab in mm-hmm. <laughs> in months, you know, yeah. like, uh, let's go, what's next, right? So um, I, I'm not sure what we do about that. I guess that's just back in the category of lack of awareness and, and you know, now that we have some Western media attention, it's a story here and there. I know there's some exceptions, by the way. Don't mm-hmm. write to me and say, there was an article in The Guardian that was really good. I know there's some good mm-hmm. stuff, but yeah. overall, it doesn't, you know, it's not, the nuances that, again, are explained to us on a daily basis about what's going on in the Ukraine situation mm-hmm. don't exist when it comes to Iran. I think one of the other things is, you know, even taking it back to the rally this Saturday, I feel like we're also still stuck on some of the same chants when we're at these rallies. So, mm. you know, if there is news coverage at these rallies and they're hearing the same chants, for example, say her name, Masa Amini, al- although I think it's still important, mm-hmm. we should be voicing other things as well mm. so that the coverage could be about. Although I, one of the things I felt uh, really moved by at this demonstration in Toronto, and I'm sure this is the case in many of the others, is there's a, a new um, incentive or, or a, 
an idea that theme, to come to these yeah. demonstrate theme to these to come to these demonstrations with photos of the people mm-hmm. either who are detained or who have died. Yeah. And so uh, there was a lot of pictures of a lot of the different kids that have died mm-hmm. uh, uh, of Keon and Sarina and uh, Nika and uh, you know and and a lot of people holding up signs of people who are detained who mm-hmm. are in Evin and mm-hmm. I thought that that was actually um, progress you know mm-hmm. in terms of uh, um, educating each other, reminding each other of yeah. all the people we have to remember, you know. Yeah, the other theme that uh, just added to like other uh, themes in this uh, revolution is the rainbow, you know. Yeah, like it's little it's, keons. Yeah. yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 kind of actually a be- it's very beautiful that uh, a lot of the uh, anyone who's remembering Keon does the. Yes. Uh, Let's care and pay for like the little boy that was. Th- what's that? Or his invention, the little his invention, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really captured the imagination has, of yeah. a lot of people. Um, well, I'm sorry that you cried this morning <laughs> watching that that game. No, I've been crying uh, a lot the last. What is it? Two months. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. But uh, before uh, going to our guests, yeah. I want to mention the new wave of arresting in Iran. Ah, yes, know? including our friend. Yeah, uh, Ali Asadullahi, he yeah. was arrested. He was a great poet and he was arrested today. We tried to bring uh, his sister, Shailin, actually. She was, she was on, on the show about three yeah. weeks ago when we were in Istanbul. Yeah, yeah. so we tried to bring her. And also, a um, uh, couple actors, actually, they were uh, arrested in Tehran. And Hengame uh, Ghaziani, which I think she has done a brave act actually I really mm-hmm. appreciated her act and yeah so the the new wave of arresting is happening and so uh, it really is amazing that this uh, <coughs> this murderous regime can keep up with all of their um, uh, torturous no I mean really is it's like it's like you know Jesus yeah. I mean, it's like uh, we're launching an attack here we've yeah. we've got the crackdown in Qatar we've got to make sure that the internet is l- knocked off we're going to arrest these mm-hmm. famous actresses and and poets and uh, it's just a continue with the executions continue with the ex- don't forget the executions yep. yeah uh, it is a really um, remarkable it, but all of it all of it smacks of desperation though at the mm-hmm. same time mm-hmm. it's the two sides of the coin on the yes, one hand it's the brutal crackdown that could end things on the other hand it's such evidence that they're on the run and they're they're, they're feeling threatened and yes. um yeah really weird days to be very, iranian eh very so very weird, weird you know like with the world cup today was such uh. a such a weird uh, I, I was in new york four years ago and and uh at the time you know people still hated the regime mm-hmm. or whatever but that was when team Melly were heroes you know yep. everybody this was the one time yeah. of the uh, and i we would you know there would be a message sent out uh, for where the iranians would gather and mm-hmm. I, I didn't uh, when i was living in new york for a couple of years i didn't really see a lot of Iran. it's not like toronto where you see iranians on the street everywhere <laughs> talking persian and stuff but then suddenly when the team Melly was playing there was like mm-hmm. 300 people in a bar you know and yeah. i would go oh, all the iranians are here yeah. you know and and uh just reflecting on that and how um uh how people just don't have the appetite mm-hmm. to be you know enjoying this this right now enjoying and, uh, anything really i mean the yeah. whole I, I've said roller coaster of emotions about 500 times I think over mm. the last weeks and 
it's it's found a new meaning each and every day for yeah. sure how are you supposed to how are you supposed to feel great when mm-hmm. mahabad is happening yeah. you know yeah all right well um thank you uh, I want to go to Qatar and, and hear more from from the actual ground of somebody who's protesting there. So Shia Pega, we'll see you on the other side. Let's get to our first guest. Uh, she is an Iranian-British entrepreneur and the founder of the popular Tadik Lover site. She's also a former football analyst with the English Premier League. Sahar has um, taken a trip to Doha to attend the World Cup and accomplish a mission of amplifying the voices of the protest movement inside Iran. She's been watching the games live there, currently in Qatar, and right now, Sahar Fatemi joins me from Doha. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. You sound, uh, it sounds like it's been a long day already. Sound of revolution. Yes. Where are you right now? Well, I actually came to with my friends to a hotel to watch the uh, game Wales uh, Wales and uh, USA. So I'm here. Okay. Now, yes. You were at the well. First of all, I mean, you're there in Qatar, uh, yes. and I know you were at the Iran England game today. I mean, we've been yes. talking about this throughout the show, and I've been talking about this with friends since we all watched it. You were actually there. Yeah. Tell me first about the decision to. You know, as you know, a lot of people have decided to not go to Qatar yeah. and not be part of this thing. You you clearly made a conscious decision. Tell me why. Yeah. Well, I totally respect people who did make this decision. But me as a football analyst and who has, who I've got like a platform and I've got my followers. I made it clear what my opinion opinion is on Team Meli. So I came here because I knew there is going to be lots of pro-regime people out here chanting for Iran and trying to show, put a normal face on this Iranian regime, on Iran, and show the world that everything is okay, but it's not. So it was my job and people who came with me, my friends, to do to sort of show the opposite, that nothing is normal. Because I knew that there's going to be so many media around the world covering this, even though Qataris, they did put some restriction, and Qatari TV channel is showing the game they are showing the matches with three minutes delay so they can censor. I've heard that so many of the, the games that my, my friends were watching, the match on different like um, servers, like uh, links, streaming, online streaming, and they said they didn't see any of the pictures that I've put online, like yeah. the Woman Life Freedom flag, the placards and everything. Yeah. So they are censoring and they're being strict. Yeah, this is why I was actually really excited to talk to you to get a sense of what it was like inside there. Because even on the Canadian feed uh, where I was watching, because I and I know this was different from what certainly different from what they're seeing in Iran, but even from the American feed that didn't, for example, show uh, the English team taking the knee, we saw that uh, on the Canadian feed. But I have to say, and I've been lamenting it, most of the crowd shots. The really um, pretty much the only crowd shots we saw that involved Iranians were people holding the Islamic Republic flag and and you know celebrating like it's a uh, uh, club night and uh, and then women with a, a hijab and also the Jumri yeah. Islami flag and there was there was there was really nothing Honestly, else there was certainly no yeah. indication I've seen online somebody holding a Horsheed flag but but other than that seeing that online I haven't seen there was nothing in the feed that would suggest that anybody was disputing uh, that the presence and of Team Meli. Yes, yes, and honestly, throughout the match, we were 
they were dominating us. They were trying to silence us because they have been preparing for this for almost over a month. They've got the money, they've got the resources, they're in a group. But us, we are like all um, in small groups, friends getting together, creating a Telegram chat or a WhatsApp chat together in Qatar. But then whenever I was in the stadium, obviously Canadian um, TV, they are also getting the feed from the Qataris, from the, the broadcasters there, you know? So, and the Qataris have put restriction and they have told specifically not to cover any Iranian protests. protests. So when I was out there in the stadium, honestly, the first half an hour, I went on British Airways and I wanted to check a flight out tomorrow. Wow. Because I was, honestly, I was crying. I was, oh I was so overwhelmed because I was like, I cannot deal with this. I will do much more if I'm in, I'm home. I can do much more for this revolution and the movement than being here. I can, I don't have the power, the strength to silence them because every single time we would say woman, life, freedom, they would say, yo Ali Madat, yo Ali Madat, which is their chant for pro-regime, the Basijis, or Irania Baqayrat, Irania Baqayrat, which is the Iranian with an honor, Irani with yes. an honor, it's basically translation. So they were silencing us every time, which is a good sign. They are scared of us. They are scared of every single chant we have, our the clothing, the, the, the things that we wear, that our woman life freedom shirts, they are scared of. Did you that. wear that? Were you allowed to wear yeah, that? Yeah, I was wearing it all. Yeah. So basically, because I was a bit, they, they scared me like, oh, you can't take any uh, any flag, any placards, anything. So I put, a, I put a shirt on top of it. So when I went inside, we took our placards, which was like individual letters, woman life freedom, free Iran and Masa Amini. Like we had like 30 placards. So we were holding it one by one, like 15 people. And, um, we took that in. We took our Zanzendegi flag in as well. But the first few minutes was overwhelming. But then I found some people with Zanzendegi also the t-shirt on and I joined them wow. so that, um, yeah, I joined them because that was the only way. Even that, it was small. But then it was kind of, we're going to join forces for the next match. We're going to go to each other's block. So find a block that is like we can all come together yeah. so we can, you know, over and dominate them. And otherwise, honestly, it is so... I, the, the, the rage that I was so furious what looking at these Basijis chanting and smiling and being happy and I was like I got I wasn't expecting so I wasn't who do you who do you do. expect though I mean look we had a, a football analyst last week uh, uh, our friend Mehrdad Ahmadpour on the show and he one of the things he was saying was one of his concerns is that because so many Iranians in the diaspora have um, decided to not go to Qatar, they don't want to support this workout, they don't want to support Team Meli, what's left in the stands then is pro-regime people and people that yes. the regime has brought in. Did you have a sense yes. of who these people were, these ones that we were seeing on? I mean, what can you profile them? I mean, what, who who are they? Where, 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 what are they doing? Well, they are, so, so many of them, they're wearing, I mean, all of them are wearing Iran flag. Some of them are made clothes out of the Iran flag. So, and also, every single time, as, as I said, as I mentioned before, every single time we said Sanzenzige Azadi, they will be, Yo Ali Madad, Yo Ali Madad. And come on, that's obvious. They're gonna, they wanna silence us. There's no other reason that when we start saying, uh, Woman Life Freedom, they, they say, Yo Ali Madad. Right. So they're and not just, they're, 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 they're not just not with the movement. They're honestly, actively so not, supporting yeah, the regime. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They are there to silence us. They are here to do this. And some of them, honestly, they don't, they don't even care about football. I mean, they don't even care what's happening there. They just want to intimidate us. And one, honestly, me, myself, when England scored, I looked at the passage, I was like, 
I hope you you concede another five. And he looked at me so angrily and I was like, and he was like, what is she talking about? Who is she? Who the fuck is she? And then, um, uh, and then I, I just walked away. But um, they are there to intimidate us. And it's going to get worse because this is the first match. Yeah. We have been on media everywhere. I spoke to every single media out there. I went there in front of the camera. I was talking about Iran. Honestly, you can, you can, you can hear my voice. I mean, I haven't stopped and I have a headache now. Um, but um, it's going to it's gonna be more difficult next time. Did I'm you sure see, Sahar, did it take a breath? I mean, I feel, I'm almost feel, I feel bad that I'm making you talk. No. Your, your voice is so, no, but, it, but it's, listen, the, one from the, from the standpoint of and i've already made my opinion clear on the show that i i didn't that the, the not singing the anthem didn't move me enough to uh to, to me the contrast of the of an english team obviously i know you live in england and uh, and you know that i was born there and i have a predilection towards the english team uh, as ever and uh, but you know in a, in a in a different time i'd be sort of debating well which team am i going to support but the the the, the 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 options were obvious for me today yeah, and i wanted to support the english team um, because I've been so disappointed by Team Melly. When the English team was taking the knee, was there was there any sense? I mean, other than not singing the anthem, was there anything you could see in the stadium from the Iranian players that suggested that they were um, wanting the to do something? Say, or you know, uh, no, no. The only thing I would say is Mehdi Torah Torami. When he scored twice, Torah became to to kiss him on the cheek, and he kind of pulled away, and he looked very sad he looked they were all lifeless demotivated honestly the first half was such a bad performance yeah, they looked like, awful could, as a team they were they awful, awful. Yeah, yeah. they look awful and it's because of the online harassment as well i mean i'm not really pro that i don't like harassing the players online i don't support them i mean you know me i have my own football show and i loved Tim Lee, and i still care about football i love football and you can't imagine. We are sitting here right now with Iranians, and I'm like, this is such a conflict, conflicted, such a messed up feeling. Yeah. Like, we just came out of the um, stadium, and honestly, I didn't, I didn't even digest that we actually considered six goals, and we were sitting here just watching the highlights before the USA and Wales match. I was like, wow, that was. I just understood. I just came to realization, like, wow, we act, that, that was uh, we actually considered six goals. I, honestly, in the stadium, no, but I don't. I don't think anybody. To, to be honest, the six two six two flatters team Melly. It, it was it was worse than that. I thought in terms of the 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 um, distance between the how good England looked and how bad Iran looked. It. I'm surprised that it was six two. It should have been. It could have yeah, been ten nothing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It just was. It was just awful. It was horrible. And yeah. so 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 in that moment, you said when you were first the game was first starting and you you were looking at you were thinking i'm gonna get a flight out of here yeah, um, yeah what was it that was making you feel that way the, the basijis the, the people the pro-regime people around me like i was uh, you know i was passing and um, me I'm, I'm a very vocal person and honestly i cannot go back to iran if i go back to iran i think i'm gonna be in prison right away from among many airports and um, but I was going through the crowd, literally walking into the crowd and just shouting, Zanzan de Gyozo, the woman life freedom. Me, myself. People were chanting some of them, well done, 
دمت گرم یو هاف ا کاراج امیزینگ سام پیپل ور سی پورو گوم شو گیت لاس شات اپ گیت لاس اند اند سام سام گایز لایک یونگ گایز لایک یونگ بویز دی ور سینگ پورو گوم شو خفه شو لایک این انفارسی شات اپ گیت لاس ام تو می اند نوبادی واز چاندینگ ویت می nobody and i was like where are th- where are the people where are they so when i sat down i found like two people i sat down with them and they had some placards i was like okay can, now can there I are some you, don't don't isn't there a sign seating how is it that you were wandering around and able to uh, find different- yeah so basically when you go, come inside no not really when you are inside um you you can really just like walk around it's very easy nobody mm, cares to okay. be honest yeah yeah which is good for us it's a good good yeah. thing for us because next game we're going to find a block and then just sit there all of us together right what did yeah. you what did you think of um the iranian team just now let put your football hat on and and the, oh, the, yeah. the the expert that you are i mean and and with a with a stake in this as an iranian who used to love team meli or uh, yeah. uh, what what did you think of the not singing the anthem uh, did you feel like um i, I said Honestly, i don't feel anything after watching the the soccer beach uh, beach football the yes. water polo all of this or the the other um what the basketball the, the, team the women's the basketball, basketball team, team. Not basketball they, they also didn't sing but the one that showed the cutting his cutting pretending that he's cutting his hair yeah. i don't know his name now i forgot but anyway i've seen so many that not singing national anthem from them didn't really move me although like for example my dad or himself it's like so what what were you expecting honestly now i'm thinking what do we expect from them it's just that it's beyond, it's getting it's getting worse and worse every time like them meeting the president them you know bowing down and you know and then I, i've got some insights as well that actually at the photo shoot they were telling them that you don't have to smile they were telling them that you do not have to smile but then some of the players which i shall not name wow. they said oh how many how many times do we get to come to the world cup let us smile that wow. was the response but this is an inside inside information but that was the response yeah so i mean i'm done with this team i'm done and like honestly there is one there is one thing we all care about i'm sure your listeners we care about is this revolution happening in iran and i'm hearing that right now to just make our voices heard however it's possible so whatever team meli does how bad he loses or even if he wins i don't give it down anymore what was the what was the vibe amongst the the fans first of all what did you have any interaction with the english fans i mean were they yeah, they hold the placards with us some of them they were chanting with us some of them were holding and then when the national anthem for iran was playing i was booing people were booing and we were like like ho as well in force like ho ho and jimmy karim and um, sorry we were doing that as well and then the english fans were they were like they turned around and they uh, applauded us after the national anthem and they were like showing the thumbs up to us and like sort of Uh, putting their head down and i was like you know sort of respecting us people were understanding and honestly on every single media we saw every single person people were a person on the street after the stadium after the match we were going to them they're, and we're, i was like they're killing people in, in iran we shouldn't be we shouldn't be cheering people shouldn't be cheering please be our voice please be our voice like we are out there trust me and like listeners they should trust us and we are here to honestly to talk to every media to talk to every single person we see and talk about Iran in any way we can it's amazing that you're doing this and it's i mean it's a bit to be honest I, I, you it's a bit embarrassing that it's the english fans who are supporting you and oh, I know. not and then you have these uh, uh, basijer i understand who, some of the the girls they 
boys that are coming from Iran, honestly, they are wearing the Zanzanegi Azadi t-shirts and they have the courage, honestly. Like, they, they're amazing. Wearing that, they, they are putting themselves in risk, uh, at risk because they're Iranian police here. They're Iranian police with Iranian flag here at the stadium. So, they are, and they have how the do courage. You, how do you identify them? How do you know that they have the Iran flag? They have the Iran flag. They're actually. Honestly, you meaning they're in an they're in an Iranian uniform, like a uh, Iranian police? No, no, like like the like a police um um uh, police um outfit, uh-huh. uh, but with Iran flag on it. Wow! I will send the picture. Yeah, yeah. It's um and yeah, it's, it's crazy. What are but they doing I there? Just, Controlling people. There was a woman with a uh, lion sun flag, and um, they didn't let her out from this out of the stadium. Yeah, um, I heard about that. They took the flag. Yeah, so so they took the woman life freedom flag away as well after the second half. It they saw. I posted it. I was I think I was the first one posting on Twitter. If you go on my Twitter, and you got like oh, four thousand likes. It went viral, and then after that, I think they just not I think, but I saw that they were putting it, and they were they took it away. They took it away after the first half. So imagine how they're censoring. They saw, oh my God, it's getting, it's attracting media. Let us take it away. They had it the whole first half, and now like it was gone the second half. Are you scared about? I mean, I mean, my that, safety. Yeah, I mean, I am. I'm literally. Listen, my dad follows me to the bathroom. Like he stands. Oh, he's with you. Your dad's with you. Yes, my okay. dad is with okay, me. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I wouldn't come here alone. But he followed me to the bathroom. Like he said, I was in the bathroom. But he called me. He was like, I was late. I was like, What are you doing? Are you okay? I'm like, Yeah, yeah I, you know, I'm fine. So yeah, it, it is. It is very. It is very scary. What but is your honestly, dad saying about all this? Your your dad had all those businesses. My in dad your is life. supportive. Of course, yeah. my, my dad is supportive, and he doesn't say much. Honestly, I don't really get him involved. I don't sit next to him. I don't want to put him in trouble. But uh, let's not talk about that. But um, it is. It is very dangerous. But then again, I must say. Nika, Sarina, Massa, Daru, so many young boys and girls died yeah, in yeah. Iran. They went on the streets. They put their li- lives under, in their hands and they go on the streets. Me coming to Qatar as a British, honestly, I'm not doing anything. I mean, I'm maybe I'm a little bit scared, but what's, what's the worst that can happen? I go to the British embassy. I'm like, please, um, I'm going to seek shelter here for now. Like, right. honestly, I'm in the best position. So people like me. People like us, we need to do whatever we can in our power. Mm. Uh, so it sounds like um, right now, despite your strained vocal cords, you 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 are you you believe that you've made the right decision in terms of going to I the do. World Cup. Definitely, definitely. To, listen, to talking to these medias, like, it's very important. Like even even if we make um, I don't know, get pe- ten people to talk about Iran, five, three to even to talk about Iran, to, under, to see, to even understand where Iran is on the map, that is enough. That is enough. Get one person to take a picture. Do you know how many people took a picture of my t-shirts, of our flags? So many English, English, England fans. They came and t- t- took pictures. Mexican, Brazilian, they came to us, they took pictures, they put it on their social media. This is important. We have to be seen. The woman life freedom chant needs to be out there. People need to know about it. What was the vibe like after the game? Was it like with the Iranian fans? It was fans? much better. Oh, it was much better because we found each other. You know, we found each other at the match, and um, we were walking out sort of the uh, exiting the stadium. So we were all together as a group. So we were chanting again. 
thankfully nothing happened nobody stopped us chanting all the way it was really good i mean to be and honest it, it, just, media- just to paint the picture of this it's it's a bit crazy because what you're describing is not dissimilar to you know you go to an arsenal versus tottenham match and you want to be with the arsenal team uh, fans because it can get a little heated if you're wearing the jersey of the other team or i guess yeah. Esteklal persepolis the weird thing is here i mean this is i I don't know how often this has happened in history, but you know, there, there's people who are ostensibly there for the same team, but who uh, are not on the same side. That's for sure, right? I mean, you're, exactly, yeah, exactly. But let me assure you that they are scared of us. They don't get near us. Honestly, they are scared of us. Like they don't want to be close to us because they know they don't have anything to say. If they say something, we're just gonna like say something bad. So I feel that they don't want to get close to us. They do silence us in the stadium, but nothing more than that. So that's what I'm saying. With more organization, more planning, better planning, we can over, uh, we can dominate them. You'll next, be there the at the next game. Yeah. So yeah. can I, before I let you go, I'm so grateful yeah. that, that uh, I know it's been a long day for you. So thanks for doing yes. this. Yes. Um, interviews after interviews, but I'm so yeah, glad that I can yeah. help. Well, yeah. you, you weren't supposed to talk to anyone else. I thought it was, we were just going to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I can't help them. You know, the BBC wants you as well. Um, do you, from a, just a f- football standpoint, um, yeah. as somebody who, I mean, normally we would have you on to just talk about, you know, what you saw as in a, in a game. What do you make of um, Team Mali? Uh, this is supposed to be a good team, you know, that, that, was, that did, did well in good. Asia. It didn't look like a good team today. Do you think that's going to change? Yes, of course. They are good. This, this was a golden generation, John. This was a golden This was a time for us to actually get past the group stage. But come on, we saw they were lifeless. They had no motivation. They were being harassed all past week on the internet. So what do we expect? I mean, if they were not, if they were not demotivated, I would be like, oh, they have no heart, they have no feeling. Of course, they are also in pain. And that's why they didn't perform well. I wasn't expecting a good performance from them. And I think the next match is, next, next is going to be even worse because we are going to be more powerful. Our voice is going to be more powerful. So because on the internet, the, the videos are out and, and they're going to see that nobody cared about Team Medley. Yeah. They were all women, life, freedom, chance everywhere. Yeah. And people were just there for Iran and not for Team Medley. It's going to give it, get, even get more, more worse. worse. It's a weird thing, isn't it? Like you kind of, you kind of think. I mean, they're on the one hand, they must be under so much pressure. On the other hand, if they just did something bigger in terms of a gesture, they'd be national heroes. They would have become know? our become our heroes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And one thing that is, Ali Karimi uh, chant, Ali Karimi at minute eighty, it went big. Yeah, but I think my theory is. Ali Karimi, who was never uh, starting 11, Ali Karimi, the daughter of Ali Karimi, uh, never starting 11, he was starting 11. And you know why? Because that's the same name as Ali Karimi. So they know if people chant Ali Karimi, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to indicate the old, our hero Ali Karimi. And that is my theory, and I stand by it. I mean, how do you play, a, how do you perform at the World Cup with all this nonsense going on, right? I mean, it's, it is, yeah, I don't, it I don't really know. is, uh, the, you know, athletes, you know this. I mean, uh, athletes have to be focused. I mean, uh, to, uh, even even when it's a good team, yeah. you don't win the cup unless you're, you're you're performing together. This is just a mess. Uh, On the next next match, they should just kiss the pitch, as they say. Zamino Bebusan, and this just 
get the hell out. Honestly, it's more, much more like uh, honorable to do that than just do another. I mean, USA is good. They're just playing now against Wales. So we're going to be thrashed as well then. But yeah. Sahar, I, I thank you for this. And, um, and take care of yourself. And, and hopefully I'll get to talk to you. We'll talk to you again in one of the other games. Sure. Thank you, Gian. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. The breath of the morning I keep forgetting The smell of the warm summer air I live in a town Where you can't smell a thing You watch your feet For cracks in the pain This is a special edition of Rook, episode 217, The Uprising. It's a full-on war on the people of Iran. Our next guest is an exceptional film director, a producer, a writer, and one of the most prominent Kurdish artists in the world. Bahman Gobadi has been very outspoken regarding the current events in Iran and has long been a voice for Iranians and Kurdish Iranians. And right now he joins me from New York City today. Hello, sir. Hello, hello, John. John, salam, 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 salam. It's so good to have you back on the program, and I, I know that you generally feel more comfortable in that. Zabna Farsi have zadan, hachido hatare shuma. I'll ask the questions in English, and then you answer how you want to answer. Um, I know, Bahman John, this has been a very difficult time for you, and you've been passionately advocating for the people in Kurdistan and, and Kurdish Iranians. I want to ask you about Mahabad this weekend, but first of all, just tell me in general, how are you doing? Hatman, before I say anything, I want to say thank you. I want to say چون از دو ماه پیش تصمیم گرفتم هیچ کلمه عربی رو واقعا به زبانم نیارم تو ترکشم دارم ترک میکنم ولی تقریبا از 20 تا احوال پرسی یکیش یه سلام میشه که من به شما گفتم حواسم نبود درود به شما درود به دوستای خوبم درود به شما خیلی ممنون خب ماهاباد حال امروز جمان رود این اتفاقاتی که اونجا تو کرستان میفته یاد جنگ های داخلی من میفتم که جمهوری اسلامی بعد اون انقلاب ننگین کسیفی که انجام دادن کردها اولی مردمی بودن در ایران که قبول نکردن و سالها جنگیدن سالها جنگیدن و من خیلی از بستگانم رو از دست دادم بچه بودم عاشق داییم بودم 26 ساله که کشتنش مبارزه میکرد با این رژیم میگفت این رژیم جلادن و آینده ایران رو ویران خواهند کرد اون موقع داییم 26 سالش بود گفتش از اون موقع همیشه این کینه در دل ما بود نسبت به جمهوری اسلامی همیشه و نمیشد 
گفت یعنی بیشتر نیست شکنجه ها رو کورت ها دریافت میکردن یا بلوچ ها به خاطر اینکه یک کینه جمهوری اسلامی از کردا داشت و میخواست روی همه کورت ها این کینه و رنج و عذاب و بیاره که آورد خیلی کردان عذاب داد امروز این اتفاقی هم که به خاطر جینا امینی افتاد زخم بزرگی ضربه بزرگی جمهوری اسلامی خورده که اونو از کردها میبینه و کاری که الان داره میکنه اون آزار و عذیتی که رژیم چشید از, از ماجرای جینا امینی و شورشی که مردم کردن شعله انقلاب و که کردها روشن کردن و ایران رو گرفت عصبانی و دارن اون خشمشون رو الان رو مردم خالی میکنن yeah. عصبانیتشون الان داره تو کردستان خالی میشه دیدی وقتی که عصبی میشی اگه بکسور باشی میره کیسه بکس رو میزنی کردستان رو مثل کیسه بکس میبینه yeah. و داره خشمش اونجا خالی میکنه متاسفانه You know I, I said in the introduction in my opening essay today that this, this is the first time that Uh, you know, many of us have been comparing this, uh, usually when we talk about where is the international attention to the situation in Ukraine. And sometimes the response to that is, well, that was a war. That was one country waging a war on another country. This is a d- domestic d- dispute. This is the first time where it's really looked like, not just symbolically, not metaphorically, but it looks like sending in tanks, sending in military ve- vehicles, declaring some kind of martial law. This looks like a war. on the people of Iran and the people of Kurdistan in particular. Why, why do you think that the regime is choosing now to do this? بخاطر اینکه رای سرکوبش الان اینه یعنی میخواد فکوسش و تبلیغاتش رو روی کردستان انجام بده بگه که کردها جدای طلبن که نیستن بگه که کردها اسلحه دستشونه که نیست اونجا هیچ یک اسلحه تو کردستان اگه شما ویدئو رو پچا میبینن مردم ایران خیلی باهوش شدن میفهمن که ویدئویی نیست که تو شما یه اسلحه همه با سنگ دارن مبارزه میکنن راه به راه فرار از بحران برای جمهوری اسلامی راه اندازی یک جنگ بین المللیه ولی میترسه اگه آذربایجان رو بزنه ترکیه میاد اگه عراق کردستان عراق رو بزنه اسرائیل میاد اگه عربستان رو بزنه اون ائتلاف اسرائیل و عرب ها میاد تنها جایی که الان زورش میرسه این قد قدرت پوشالی داره این این مگس کثیف این اخوندهای جلاد که فقط میتونه مردمش رو بزنه زن ها رو بزنه کودک ها رو بزنه این تمام قدرت کثیف جمهوری اسلامی یعنی اینقدر اینا کوچیکن اینقدر اینا ضعیفن که ما کافیه به این به این منظره نگاه بکنیم تانک و هلیکوپتر رو ببری برای شهرها شما اینقدر کثیف و جلاد باشی ساعت یک و دو شب تو کوچه های کردستان شلیک کنی نگید اونجا پیرزن و پیرمردهای خسته و مریض هستن نگید بچه‌ای که اونجا خواب هستن و ما داریم اونا رو براشون مهم نیست کرد دشمنه برای اون مردم دشمنه وقت که خامنه جلاد قاتل بچه ها به, به, به مردم میگه تحقیل میکنه مردم و به اونها میگه دشمن درسته اون دیگه براش مهم نیست بچه ما ساعت دو شب خوابیده و اینا تو کوچه ها دارن تیراندازی میکنن این بچه چجوری بزرگ میشه یعنی کافی یک لگزه فکر کنی 
بچه شما امشب توی یکی از خونه های جوانرود یا سقز یا سنندج یا مهاباد میخوابید این بچه ها با نفرت بزرگ میشن و اگه امروز ملت ایران کنار کردستان وای نسن این کینه و این نفرت تو کودکان میره بالا و بالاتر میدونی و این من, من این مثال میزنم رفتم کمپای سوریه برای کورتا کلاس آموزش فیلمسازی گذاشته بودم گفتم آرزوتون چیه؟ صد تا بچه بودن هر صد تاشون میخواستم بشن پایلوت کپیتان هواپیمای جنگی گفتم چرا همه تو میخوای؟ گفت میخوایم اون کاری رو بکنیم که با ما کردن گفتم نه 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 شما باید فیلم میکر بشید چرا این کار بید؟ این انگه رو چرا ما نمیتونید صد تا دویستا نیست میلیون ها بچه که امروز بین دو سه سال چهار سال و فهم دارن و کم کم میفهمن این قصه ها رو اینا بزرگ میشن و اگه, اگه مردم ایران این بخش از ایران رو در بغل نگیرن و نشون ندن همراهشون هستن این انگر بزرگتر میشه و به راحتی ما مردم کردستان رو دو دستی تقدیم جای دیگه میکنیم به راحتی خودمون باعث میشیم که اونها از سرزمین ایران جدا بشن به این دلیل ما باید قلب ایران که اسمشو من گذاشتم کردستان تو رو نقشم اگه گربز قلب اون گربه کردستان باید مراقب این قلب باشیم اگه این اتفاق این آتیش این شعله انقلاب خاموش بشه که داره خاموش میشه تمامه یعنی تمامه بزرگترین فرصت فرصت مردم ایران در تاریخ این روزها چون جنایت کارتر از جمهوری اسلامی وجود نداشت نه چنگیز خان مغول کرد نه هیتلر کرد هیچ اصلا تو ایران میگم نه هیچ تو ایران هر کی اومد ضربه زد اندازه اینها ضربه There, there are people who call it genocide. This is a, uh, it's a very specific term that one has to use very carefully. Do you, would you call what is happening genocide? نسکشی برحال بوده ما توی کشورهای همسایه دیگه هم داشتیم این نسکشی رو این نسکشی بزرگترینش توی عراق بود ظرف قریب 15-20 سال صدام بیش از 183 هزار کرد رو زنده به گور کرد این نسکشی واجه کردها رو هیچ وقت نمیخواستن بپذیرن به این دلیل کردها اصلا کردها لب مرز نبودن کردا لب مرز آورده شدن یعنی آوردنش اونجا شما فکر کنید من مثال باید بزنم چون بچه های جوون امروز شاید کمتر از تاریخ بدونن ببین کردستان عراق لب مرز با ایران کردستان ایران درست لب مرزه اگه ایران و عراق جنگیدن این دوتا شاخا ضربه خوردن یعنی بیشترین بمبارون و کشت و کشتار تو کردستان عراق بود و تو کردستان ایران با اینکه جنوب هم بود که ایلام بود چرماشا بود و این این راحت ترین کاری بود که کردن کورت ها رو گذاشتن در جلوی مرس ها که لح و لوردشن امروز اگه سوریه با ترکیه به جنگ باز کرد سوریه است و کرد ترکیه شاخاشون بدناشون به هم میخوره این 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 بلا این من اسمش این اینم یکی از راه های نسکشیه همینجوری اونا رو تو ایزوله کنی به این در این خشم در این مردم هست جای بدی گذاشتن و در کشورهای خاورمیانه جهان عزیز کشورهای خاورمیانه هیچ و 
وقت اقتصاد کارخونای کلان رو بزرگ رو در کش در مناطق مرزی نمیذارن به این دلیل فقر غوغا میکنه در ایلام در کرماشا در لرستان در کردستان و یا بلوچستان به خاطر که همه رو بردن اون مرکز و تو اینو این 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 کنتراست رو میبینی میدونی چیه مثلا اینجوری میخوام بگم سفره ایران ایران یک پدری داره یه سفرم هست ده تا پسر داره یکیش ترکاس یکیش اسمش کرده یکیش اسمش بختیاریه ولی تو هی میکنی تو دهن یکی دو تا از اونا و بقیه گرسنه موندن و اینجاست که اون اون برادر و عصبانیان از پدر از صاحب اونجا این تو طول تاریخ بوده من نمیگم جمهوری اسلامی پدر نه اینا هیچ که پدر اینا قاتل پدرای ما بودن من بسم تاریخه بریم به گذشته در از قاجاری از زندیه بگم تا حتی تا پهلوی یکم یکم بهتر از اینا ولی اونام خطای بزرگی کردن ولی مثل که ولی مثل که از یه لحاظ این برادرها با هم هستن امروز یعنی um, how do you feel about the fact that in Tehran they were hearing chants tonight of mahabad tanhanist kol iran pushtish that that we are all with mahabad uh, do you take some um inspiration from that some comfort that it seems like this time there's a unity in different parts of iran and people are recognizing what is happening in a place like kurdistan من صادقانه میخوام اینجا بگم من بر حال قبلا هم با تو نشستم صحبت کردم من همیشه گفتم وجودم ایران قلبم کردستانه اگه ترک می بودم میگفتم وجودم ایران قلبم ترکی آذربایجانه آنچه که شعار الان شعاره پشت پنجره هاز ما الان توی ما هفته هشتم نهم یک انقلاب هستیم روزی ده پونزه نفر کشته میشه به خصوص در کردستان از پنجره ها نمیشه گفت کردستان زاهدان تاترا ما جونفد با, با شعار نمیشه با ویدئوی که الان الان مشکلی که من دارم مدیاهای بزرگ و ببین داستان هجاب عالی بود هجاب رو برداشتن ما الان نه هفته هست میگیم هجاب هجاب اصلا مسئله انقلاب زنان نبود هجاب برای من این بود دستا رو از روسری برداریم خم بشیم دستا رو بزنیم رو بند کفشامون کفشای کتیبونی ببندیم حالا تازه میریم برای مسابقه انقلاب در این ولی الان و الان ما یک خانم خیلی روستش دارم بازیش و هنگام قاضیان این برداشت و میدونست میگیرن گرفتنش دیروز و پی روز اکثر خبران در مورد ایشون بود امروز هم یکی دیگه این کارو کرد و این خبرها باعث میشه که خبرهای دستگیری بچهای ما در ایران کشت و کشتاری که میفته یکم برابری با اونها میکنه و این خوب نیست چون ما در یک مرحله دیگه هستیم روزی که مادر ستار بهشتی پیرزن 80 ساله رنجور خسته روسریشو برداشت اونجا نقطه گذاشت روی این داستان که دیگه در مورد روسری نباید حرف بزنیم وقتی که مادر مسلمون مادر ستار بهشتی که میرن میگه نماز میخونه آره هست من ایمان ندارم من مذهب ندارم من اسلامی اصلا نیستم چون این مادری میاد این کارو میکنه یعنی دیگه تموم کنیم الان هر روز اگه خبری از حجاب بیاد خبر یه دستگیری بیاد خبرهای حاشیه زیاد میشه ما باید فکوس کنیم روی چیزی yeah. مثل همیشه میگم مثل یه کاپیتانی میمونیم که میخوام یک هواپیمایی رو به نام ایران بلندش کنیم ببریم به آسمون آزادی من کاپیتان فقط روی یک چیز فکوس دارم how i can fly so how, what do you want first of all i'm so glad that you brought this 
up because we talked about it a little bit in our roundtable today too. But but it, it one of the the crushing things with, with Western media right now is even those who have woken up to what's happening in Iran. I saw a report on the weekend that the person's still saying there's protests um, happening this weekend in Iran based on the fact that they killed Massa Amini, and you're kind of like, well. No, we love Masamini. We she's the icon of this, but that was actually two months ago. You know, there's there's a, there's a lot more that's happened since then that you need to catch up with here, Western media. You know, yeah. so I totally understand that point. But what do you, for the people who are inside Iran who have progressed past that, and 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 who, and by the way, the names are now you know not just uh, Maso, but but Nikon, Sarina, and Kion, and uh, and and Khodanur, uh, and you know, so so ha, what what do you want the people in Tehran and, and, and Tabriz and, and Esfahan to be doing right now? ببین من من اصلا نمیتونم چیزی بگم چون بیرون از ایرانم چندین و چند بار رفتم مرز عراق از طریق ترکیه هر کاری کردم گفتم ببین من میرم میتونم دستگیر بشم شاید این ویس کوچیکی که دارم بیرون خفه بشه ناتا میتون دوست دارم برم خیلی دوست داشتم برم از داخل ایران ویدیو زدم ولی وقتی که میگی از پنجره ها و این کارو نباید باید بیشتر یه کار بیشتر کنم چی می آها خواهش میگم نمیدونم فقط یه جمله میگم من خیلی ایندایرکت باید بگم ایران داره از دست میره انقلاب ایران که ببین تو این 44 سال کی جرأت میکرد اصلا اسم خامنه ای رو بیا حتی حتی تلویزیونایی که ضد ایرانی بودن میترسیدن اسم خامنه بیارن الان همه صداش میزنن تو خیابون کوچه ها جلاد قاتل ببین جمهوری اسلامی روی چهار تا پای وایساده جان من یک جایی مسابقه کردم اولین پایه تری پات فور پات اولین پایش حجاب بود که زنا شکوندن تموم یه پای که شکست شما دیگه نباید دوباره در موردش شکست و بندازیش دور تری پات مون یکی از پایه‌های دیگه‌اش خود خامنه‌ای بود از اون بالا کسی که مثل خدا خدا اینجوری حرف نمیزد مثل خدا هر صد اونم آوردن پایین سه فلسطین بود مسئله فلسطین الان این اصلا مسئله حیاتی جمهوری با این بازی کرد که بتونه این هلال شیعه رو درست کنه حزب که فاسد ترین گروه و از ایران همه پولار از ایران میبرد از اندر دی تیبل یک دیل امضا کرده با اسرائیل چون میدونه که جمهوری اسلامی پایان تلخی داره به خاطر که بتونه زنده بمونه رفت امضا کرد خوش رو سیو کنه پس اون سوت یه دونه دیگه داره که اونم انرژی هسته ای که الان رو هواست جمهوری اسلامی یک حکومت بادکنکیه برای من حکومتی که اتفاقا الان که فکر میکنم همیشه با بلنگو بود امروز و دیروز که هلیکوپتر آمدن دیدم اینا با صدا مردم رو میترسونن از اون مدداهایی که آتاسواش را میومد هر تو کوچه ها دیدم اه واقعا اینا قدرتشون تو بلنگو بود بلنگوی مسجد ها بلنگوی ازاداری ها بلنگوی خوندن های قرآن تو این کوچه ها تو این مراسم ها بلنگوی هلیکوپتر موشک هایی که تس میزنن همش بادکنک بود این صدا و این تموم شده از من به ملت ایران باید اینجوری بگیم ما بخشی از اونجاییم که جمهوری اسلامی نابود شده است تمام نیروهاش الان شبکه دو میگن شبکه دو تلویزیون ایران هر روز درخواست میکنن که مردم استخدام نیروهای سپاه بسیجی بشه نیروش تموم شده هرچی هر فقیر هست هرچی فقیر است از روستاهای اطراف آوردنش <تصفيق> یعنی یکی از دوستام توی آذربایجان توی خوی میگفت یه روستا هست 100 تا 200 خونه داره گفت 80% از این آدمای فقیر بی سوادی کسان دارن میمیرن دارن میمیرن برای داشتن غذا و پول اونا رفتن دیل کردن 
با جمهوری اسلامی مای دویست دلار به اینا میدن و میرن آدم میکشن و جالبه میگفت تمام روستایی ها تمام روستایی ها یه انگ راست میگن اینو من جایی که حتی روستا رفتم میگم آقا شما از شهر میای شما پول داری شما حق ما رو خوردید همیشه روستایی ها همیشه فقیرترها ماها رو که تو شهر بودیم گناهکار میدونستن با اون انگر با اون خشم روستایی داره میره توی تهران اصفهان میگه این تهرانی های فلان فلان شده رو بزنیم بریم این سنندجی ها و اسفانی رو بزنیم اینها رو وحشی کردن و 80 درصد نیرویی که الان جمهوری اسلامی داشته آدم های بی سواد و از دار و تعدیب و از, از, رو... از, جا... از جایی که روانی ها و معتادار رو نگمه همه رو آورده میخوام این جمله رو به شما بگم جمهوری اسلامی پاشیده شده از هم نیروی ما اصلا نیمده ما با کمترین نیروی یعنی اینجوری به شما بگم فکر میکنم پنج درصد مردم ایران وارد این داستان شدن نوت درصد با این انقلابن ولی میترسن چرا حقم دارن چون یک نفری که امروز تو خیابونه از دید من یعنی یک میلیون اروپایی در پاریس که میاد تو خیابون چون جا نیمی کشند اونجا تازه میتونی سوپ کنی شما پس, پس نیروی سرکوبگر باید بفهمه ما الان رسانه تو رسانه ما باید رو جمعیت جمع کردن فکر نکنیم اول رو به این فکر کنیم که چجوری میتونیم نیروی دشمن و چیزشون کنیم ناامیدشون کنیم باید بهشون اینفورمیشن بدیم که یک برادر آقایی که داری میکشی تو کیان رو میکشی و پول خونه کیان رو داری میدی به بچت باید با زن و بچه اگه اون گوش نمیده که نمیده باید با زن و بچهش که توی سشال نتورک و اینا میبینن توی جای مختلف ما باید روی این خانواده های سرکوبگر هر باید کار کنیم این راه مبارزه است نه اینکه ما فقط دعوت کنیم اونی که میخواد مبارزه کنه میکنه اگه نکنه خائن به مملکتش امروز بایی که حرف میزدم توی انستگرامم یه ویدیو گذاشته بودم این بود که ملت کرد کردها رو از دست بدید به راحتی میرن یعنی جدا میشن از ایران چون الان هفتاز دارن کشته میدن و همچنان منتظر کمکن و تهران مرکز مرکز حکومت تو تهرانه ما اگه تمام شهرهای کردستان هم بگیریم ما برنده نیستیم ما اگه تمام ایلام و کرماشا رو بگیریم چون سر سر اختاپوس به قول اون نخست وزیر اسرائیل کله اختاپوس پول قدرت همه اونجا توی مرکزه ما تو مرکز باید این ضربه رو بزنیم نه توی هاشیه ها الان کورتا فقط فقط سرمون گرمه ما الان تو خونه نشستیم این ویدار رو نگاه میکنیم بگیم خوبه خوبه شعله خاموش نشده نه تا اگه بلند نشید فوت نکنید به شعله کمک نکنی انرژی ندی به این آتیش این آتیش خاموش میشه یهو خاموش میشه آه. اونم خسته شدن اونام ناتوانن بعد فکر کنید تمام بازاریایی که تو کردستان مغازه‌هاشون رو تعطیل کردن جیان جان 99 صد درصد اینا تو فقرن پول اجارم ندارن ولی چند هفته دارن تعطیل میکنن خب اینا دیوانه نیستن اینا مشخص دنبال حقوق اولیه‌شون هستن اونی که میره میمیره که دیکوردا دیوونه نیستن برن خوشو بکشن اگه دیوونه بودن 
همون اوایل کارشون میکردن اون اوایل باهوشترین ملتی که تو ایران بود کرده بود گفت خمینی جلاده همون روز اول که خمینی اومد تو فرودگاه کرده از سر برداشتن گفتن این ویران میکنه مملکتو اینو به کسایی میگم که نسل جدیدن و اینا باید بدونن که کردها کی هستن اگه میخواستن هم کردستان میخواستن اگه میخواستن جدا بشن کردها موقعیت های زیادی بود که کردها از ایران جدا بشن به خصوص دو جنگ ایران، عراق و امریکا وقتی که اندپندن شد یه جورایی کردستان عراق اینا میتونستن بلندشن و قیام کنن نه ترس بودن میتونستن ولی الان دارن مبارزه میکنن با ایران بیشتر شعارهای کردها فارسیه تا به زبان کردی خب اگه تو اینو نشنوی اگه تو اینو نری فریاد رسش باشی این شل خاموش میشه و جالبه آنچه که در کردستان و ایلام و استانهای بدبخت فقر اتفاق افتاد ماد مخدر اتفاق افتاد آروم آروم این طوفان میاره این, این فقر رو رو به استانهای مرکزی یعنی یکی دو سال دیگه کمتر به خاطر خوشسالی به خاطر وضعیت اقتصادی زندگی تهرانی ها و استانهای مرکزی از کردستان بدتر خواهد شد اونجاست که دیگه ما چیزی به نام کردستان نخواهیم داشت برادرم اولین بار که من شنیدم یا فهمیدم اسم جیان به زبان کردی چی میشه شما گفته بودی به من یعنی من دو سال پیش من نمیدونستم اصلا تمام عمرم عمرم نمیدونستم جیان حالا در این شوهار میشنویم خیلی خیلی چیز It's very, very important. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, it means an, it means Who are these guys? Like how, who, who can sleep at night to go into a metro? with a gun and just start shooting people. I mean, why would, what, what, is, what kind of a hold does the regime have on these, these men, these guys who do this kind of work, that they would go and be able to live with themselves to do that? بله بیشترشون هم ببخشید خیلی از کشورهای فقیر من اسم کشورها رو نمیارم اکثر کشورهای فقیر میرن از اونجا نیرو میارن با مای دیوی دلار و اون 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 با تنفر از, از اونجا هم شروع میکنن که ایرانی ها چقدر بدنین خود خود جمهوری اسلامی همون لحظه که نیروها رو اون کشورها استخدامشون میکنن از همونجا بهشون میگن ما داریم با کفار میجنگیم یعنی مردم ایران از دید خود جمهوری اسلامی فاسد کافرن یعنی با این شعارون بدبختا رو میاد چون بیسوادن اکثر مسلمان ها بیسوادن به خاطر این وقتی که اصلا خدا مسجد وجود نداشت مسجد من اینجا میخوام اینو بگم اولین مسجدی که درست شد توی مدینه بود وقتی که محمد و بقیه کشمشیر داشتن و سربازاش از مدینه از مکه رفتن مدینه خونه نبود خونه نبود چون خونه کم بودن تعداد جمعیت کم بود سری خونه درست کردن ظرف دو سه روز بعد اون بلال حبشی رفته بالا درا گفته هی بلند شیوه اینجا صبونه بوده بعد کم کم شد اذان اصلا تو خلوت محمد و یاراش میرفتن خلوت میکردن من, من به شدت ضد مذهبم 
من مذهبم بشر مذهبم انسانیت مذهبم عشقه ولی این داستان این خرافات مسجد رو کردم پادگون پادگان نظامی تا به امروز مسجد شده پادگان نظامی به این دلیل همچنان تو کوچه ها مسجد است همچنان که الان این اینترنت از میتونن مسلمان واتساپ گروپ درست کنن چت کنم با هم ساعت پنج صبح تو باید بیدار شی با ازان آقا من من اون خدا رو نمیپرسم من دشمن اون خدا هستم روزی پنج بار به من میگه من بزرگم من بابامو میکشم به من بگه من من مرد خونم پنج بار در, در روز آقا من دیگه اصلا خسته میشم از بابام کدوم خدایی قرار پنج بار به تو بگه من بزرگم من بزرگم من بزرگم پس این نیست وقتی تو بزرگ نیستی میگی من بزرگم پس این خدای این شکلی وجود نداره که اسلامی های افراتی جلاد جمهوری اسلامی تعریف میکنن میدونی به تو با بس اصلا بر ریشه سرزمین من جایی قرار گرفته که دور تا دورش کشور کشورهای بلنگویی کشورهای با مذهب خیلی درگیرن بی سوادی غوغا میکنه یادشون دادن یه تسبیح بردارن و برن تو مسجد اگه دو ساعت به یه آخون گوش بدی تو راحت بهشته تو جاد بهشته اون اون مسلمانم که فکر نکرده کار دیگه بکنه فکر کرده هر کی قرآن رو حفظ بکنه هر کی بره نماز جمعه رو جاش بهشته این در 80 درصد مردم خاورمیانه از جغرافی ما جغرافیایی کثیفی قرار داریم ما باید این واقعیت ها رو بپذیریم به این دلیل کسایی که میان میکشن از کشورهایی هستن که چشم بسته کور کور نادان نادان کر و لال مطلق میان و به, به, از, به از این, این لیدرها رو گوش میدن به خصوص لیدرها شیعه لیدر شیعه شیعه میگه که هیچ امامی خطا نمیکنه ولی تو اهل تسنن میگن که محمد خودش هزار تا خطا داشته تو زندگیش ولی شیعه میگه نه اصلا اینا چیزن پاکن از گناه این هیچ گناهی نکردن این اماما پس امام, خمی... امام خمینی و خامنه هم خدا پیغمبرن بزرگترن وقتی که اینا میگن امام زمانم باید از روش رد بشیم به خاطر اینکه حکومتمون رو نگه داریم این تفکر شیه تفکر خطرناکیه به این دلیل با اون نگاه دارن میان ملت ما رو میکشن بزرگترین و خطرناکترین حکومت ارتش دنیا جمهوری اسلامیه قدرتمندترین ارتش دنیا از لحاظی که تمام پایگاه اقتصادی زندان ها اتوبان ها کارگاه ها مسجد ها هر چی که شما در ایران بگی وجود داره حتی آژانس تاکسی وابست است به سپاه باستاران این واقعیت رو باید بپذیریم پس پس میخوام بگم دو سه تا شهر بزرگ اگه میلیونی بلندشن در سکوت دعوت بکشتن نیست فقط بیان تو خیابون وایسن در یک روز اگه اعتلافی به وجود بیاد اگه دولت موقتی شک بگیره اپوزیسین ما خیلی تنبلی کرد خیلی خنگی کردن خیلی کوتاهی کردن الان تایمشه همین امروز همین امروز و فردا اگه فراخان عمومی بدن احتمال خیلی زیاد این اتفاق بیفته اگه نه ما بزرگترین فرصتمون از دست خواهیم داد و این جمهوری جلاد برمیگرده با تمام این تجربیات این جنگ انقلابی هم که داشته مهرها و پایگاهاش میتونه مهمتر یک واقعیت تلخه در همین نقطه میخوام یه, یه, یه سوال آخرین سوال بپرسم ببخشی من خیلی هر سنم این حرف منم بذار اصلا که ادیت نمی کنیم ببین این این 
you are you are so one of the things that uh, I love about you that I think a lot of people love about you is is you you really seem to lead with your heart. You're a visceral person. To know you personally, as I do, is to know someone who is tireless in terms of your advocacy for people that you want to help for for the Kurdish people, for Iranians, for for artists, and and you your passion is palpable. Anybody who's listening to this right now, who follows you on social media, who has seen you talking in the last two months, let alone before that, can feel the heart and the passion you put into this. And I know because of that, it's very personal for you and you get upset. And today, you know, we're, we're actually doing this just audio because you didn't feel comfortable doing video because you just said, I'm, I'm not a hat, I'm a, I'm a wreck. I, I, I don't want to be on camera, which I respect. In all of that, that Batman, as much as I see your passion, I can't tell if you are hopeful or not that this this revolution is going to happen, uh, and and especially based on what you just said in terms of the, the what what the chips that need to fall for this to really um, take hold. Are are uh, how would you answer that question? Do you feel? Um, even in between the hardship and the sadness and the and everything that's weighing on your heart, do you feel and Mahabad this weekend and and Kurdistan? Do you feel hopeful? Sadaqane be shama begam. Ta charus pish chayli omidwar budam. En dusaram harf dil darun dilamo bezanam. Ta charus pish chayli omidwar budam. Vali as charusi ke این کشتاری که در کردستان اتفاق افتاده و بیشتر نقاط ایران مردم ایران سکوت کردن ناامید شدم یکم و اگه اگه امروز و فردا و این این مسابقات فوتبال بیشتر داره کمک میکنه به عدم حمایت مردم خیلی الان امروز امروز من فکر کردم اون خشم و عصبانیتشون از بازی فوتبال میارن تو خیابون چون معمولا ایرانی ها نترسن اگه ببرن میان تو خیابون شادی میکنن اگه به بازم باز میان yeah. من فکر کردم این باخت فوتبال که هم خوشحالی توش بود هم ما رو عصبانی کرد که اینا به اسم جمهوری اسلامی رفتن آره. میومدن تو خیابون و ساپورت میکردن کردها رو این یک واقعیته و اینکه چقدر اونجا کنترل شده است نمیدونم ولی باید شجاعت به خرج میدادن و خشم رو میآوردن تو خیابون ها اگه این یکی دو روز آینده من اینجوری میبینم اگه این یکی دو روز آینده حمایت همه شهرها بیشتر شهرهای ایران مردم ایران مثل این مردمی که تو مهاباد و سنندج و جمارود و پاوه و سقز و مریوان و بقیه کامیاران اینا اگه نیان جمعیت ست هزاری یعنی ببین شهر کوچیک مهاباد و شما باید بری ببینی کامیاران اصلا کسی نرفته این بچه های کلان حرفای من رو میشنون اصلا نمیدن کامیاران کجاست نمیدن جوان رود کجاست اصلا معنی جوان رود یعنی رودی که جوونه امروز خود جوان رود واقعا معنی شد رودی که خون جوون ها توش جریان داره ما اصلا نگاه نمی کنیم کجاییم کسی بیشترین شرایی که شما تو تظاهرات و اخبار دیدی اصلا بچه ایرانی نمیشنون نشدیدن و ما مقصریم و ما بی توجه هستیم به سرزمینمون ولی وقتی که میخوان جدا بشن و شعار جدایی تلیه بدن آقا 
غلط میکنی جدایی نه فلان نه 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 ما باید به شما بگیم تو اگه نبینی کردستان و روزای خوش تو همش بری شمال اگه یکم پولتو نبری تو کردستان به مردم و به اقتصادش کمک نکنی شما اونجا رو از دست میدی اونجا بخش سرزمین توه اونجا،, اونجا طبیعتش تو رو دعوت میکنه مردم مهمون نوازی اونجا هستن تو باید بری مثل اینکه بگید فقط دوستم باید به من زنگ بزنه نه تو یک ارتباطی تو هم باید وقت بذاری تو هم باید یک گل ببری نمیشه این کار کرد یک مل بیش از یک میلیون کرد الان تو تهرانن و ما دوستانی بیشتر از این, از این جمعیت 15 میلیونی بیشتر برن کردستانو بشناسن وقتی تو اینو نمیشناسی یکم ناامید میشی ولی ولی ته ته دلم این نسل بچه های دوازده پونزه بیست ساله خیلی قوی تر از آدمایی هستن که الان تو خونه هاشون نشستن yeah. اونایی که تو خونه نشستن جلوی بچه هاشونو میگیرن به نظر من خائنن خائن چرا؟ چون اینها باعث اومدن خیلی هاشون باعث شدن که جمهوری اسلامی بیاد به راحتی انقلاب کردن اینا به دهکارم به مردم بازاری های شهرهای بزرگ به دهکارم به مردم ایران چون اونها اعتصاب کردن تا جمهوری اسلامی فاسد موفق شد یعنی تو الان لطف نمی کنی شیراز و اسفان و تبریز و مشهد و تهران بازار تو ببندی نه تو بدهکار مردمی این اتفاقات اگه نیفته جان عزیز یکی دو روز دیگه قطعا جمهوری اسلامی اون اونجا رو خاموش میکنه اگم نکنه بعدش هم نمیاد همینجوری اخبار و فتح تو کردستان یعنی روی تردمیل ما میدویم هیچ نقطه برسیدن نداریم گفتم اول وسط حرفان تمام کردستان اگه کردان بگیرن جمهوری اسلامی همچنان جمهوری اسلامی میمونه شما فقط کردستان رو از دست میدی بعد اون موقع میره داستان تیک تیک از دست میرن جمهوری اسلامی تو مرکز میمونه اگه اگه, اگه نرسن به این اگه کردستان بره خب بره جداش اصلا جدا میشه فردا روزم بلوچستان همینجوری جمع میکنه جمهوری اسلامی بعدش نمیاد تیک تیک ایرانو لتو پار کنه چون جمهوری اسلامی ایران واحدو نمیخواد جمهوری اسلامی اصلا اومد که ایرانو دشمنی بذاره بین اقوام کرد دشمنی بذاره بین شیعه و سنی این نبود کی, کی, کی از کی بعدش میومد به دوره قبل انقلاب واقعا اینجوری نبود این زندگی رو ما نداشتیم ولی اومدن و تمام چادر این چادر از این سیاهی میاد رنگ سیاه رو آوردن تو خونه هامون تو لباس هامون تو افکارمون توی دروغ چادر دروغ چادر ریا چادر غیبت چادر ماد مخدر چادر دزدی چادر دروغ تمام ایران رو گره خب این, این کاور رو جمعه فهمید که باید فقط چادر کرد سر مردم ایران فقط رو سر زنا نبود رو سر ما هم هست الان خونه های ما شده زندان های عمومی نشستیم تو خونه تخمه میخوریم نشستیم میگم آیا خوبی میگم بد نیستیم یه زندگی بخور نمیر داریم اینا تو مصابی گفتم یعنی بخور و نمیر مگه من حیوانم مگه من حیوانم من یک انسانم من آزادی میخوام من خودم و باید اعتبارم و فرهنگم و تاریخم و باید احیا کنم برش گردونم اون وسط نیست بخور و نمی وسط نداره مردم دیگه دیتیل ندارن مردم دیگه تو رنگ حرف نمیزنن حرفی که کیان بچه زد حرف بزرگی بود اول حرفاش تو اون ویدیو میگه به نام خدای رنگین کمان فهمید که رنگ نیست آرزوش رنگ بود اون بچه ما رنگو باید بیاریم ما رنگو گم کردیم برادرم من این حرفای دل دل من بچهای ایرانی آگاهتر هزار نه میلیون ها میلیون آدم آگاه اونجا هست میفهمه
به خاطر این اونا فهم دارن میدونن ولی باید کفش های کتونیش رو ببنده و به نجات بده ایران رو ایران رو برای نسل بعد نجات بده یعنی ایران از دست میره ما جونمون رو میدیم برای بچه هامون خیلی جالبه بذار اینم بگم یه گلس فرنگ ایرانی اینه ما خیلی خود خواهیم هر چیزی که همه چیز تلاش میکنه برای خودمون باشه همسایه داشتیم ما چهار تا دوچرخه داشت پسرش بچه های همسایه نداشتن یکی دو سال بعد بچه های دیگه که بزرگ شدن دوچرخه نشه هر روز این پسری که دوچرخه داشت میزدنش و هشت سال بعد کشتم پسره رو کی بعد قاتل کی بود همسایه بود که بچگی اون اون پدری که 82 چرخه داشت 62 چرخه داشت میتونست 52 چرخهشو بده به همسایه ها به بچهش بگه برو بده این دو چرخه رو اولا درس بخشندگی میداد انسانیت میداد دو اون بچه ها تا آخر میمردن برای همدیگه میدونی ولی ما از اول همه چیز برای خودمونه ما دیگر خواه باید باشیم امروز مردم ایران باید, باید برای نسل بعدیش بخواد ولی همه فکر میکنن یه پولی پیدا کنن بچه رو بفرستیم بیرون این تفکر بریم بیرون این تفکر فرار از ایرانه که نمیذار مردم بیان بیرون این مشکل ماست این مشکل باید حل بشه ما باید روی این مردم کار کنیم که تفکر خودخواهی برای خودخواستن رو بزنیم کنار ایران کشور بزرگیه ایران یکی از ده کشور سرمایه دار بزرگ دنیاست به این دلیل این مافیای دوست اومدن گرفتن به راحتی گرفتن از ما و به راحتی هم پس نمیتونیم بگیریم ما چون به راحتی گرفتن برای گرفتنش باید سخت بکوشیم کوشیدیم این همه هفته جنگیدیم مطمئن باشید حضور زیاد مردم تو همه شهرها در یکی دو روز کل بدن نظامو میریزه به هم آخرین جمله شاید توش امید باشه اینه وضعیتی که امروز تو ایران هست اتفاق یعنی من فکر میکنم سقوط نظام با این وضعیت فکر نصد درصده سقوط نظام این دفعه تدریجی نیست یک روز اتفاق میفته چون وضعیت داغون اصلا روی هیچی سوار نیست تمام پایه از دست داده رژیم روی بنده روی بنده فقط کافیه دو طرف تناب و تون 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 تکون بدیم اون حکومت پوشالی میفته زمین راحتی و میدونه به خاطر رهبرش داره تهدید میکنه و میدونه به خاطر به خاطر رهبرش تو روز تو روز جهانی کودک دیگه حتی کلمه از کودک از از کیان نگفت پس اون, اون کجاست من من اون اسلامو میکنم توی مزار و قبرستون اگه رهبر اسلامیش از کودک کشی هفت نزنه از مردم اصخایی نکنه تسلیم نشه تسلیم انسانیت و بشریت نشه اون اسلام نیست برای من تعطیل مطلقه مذهب تعطیل من دیگه با مذهب مشکل دارم خیلی من آرزو اولین نصیحتی هم اگه به نسل جدید باش داشته باشم اسم بچه هاشونو دیگه نباید بذارن احمد و علی و محمد و عثمان و الاخر تمام من اسم پدرم علیه اسم پدر بزرگم محمده این اسما مگه علی بچم علی باشه من همش علی خامنه یادم میفته باور کنید یکی از کارهای انقلابی بزرگی که باید بکنیم از امروز به نام این انقلاب هیچ اسم عربی نباید بیاد تو بچه های ما اینجوری که ما تاریخمون رو احیا میکنیم فرهنگمون رو احیا میکنیم کوچیک نیست خیلی بزرگه ولی انگار میگه بابا مسئله ما نون و شب باز نه اتفاقا از اینجا نون درست میشه از عوض کردن این فرهنگ بیرون کردن فرهنگ غلط عربی که من سیترش رو انداخت روی سرزمین من همین بهمن جان بهمن عزیز 
Messi, Messi, thank you for the time. Thank you for the passion. Thank you for the the, the education. And um, I, I'm I'm a little heartbroken because I I think you speak the truth in terms of how how tenuous this this revolution is 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 balancing right now on on um, uh, and and the fact that you see the last three or four days as something that's disheartened you to the point where your your the hope that you had is not exactly where it was is is very difficult to hear but I appreciate the honesty and the passion and I always uh, love when you come on this program merci um, take care of yourself brother is Rook episode 217 The Uprising for all things Rook related including all of our uprising shows in this series uh, you can go to our website rookmedia.com rookmedia.com where you can also support what we do there see uh, outtakes videos extra episodes uh, our full programming uh, slate it's all there rookmedia.com for our final guest today, let's go to California. He is an award-winning Iranian-American attorney who has been named one of the top 100 lawyers in the United States by the American Academy of Attorneys. He's the co-founder and CEO of Soccer Geeks USA and the founder and principal attorney at Mohsen Parsa, Inc. He has begun an initiative to take legal action against big social media platforms that have been quiescent about or even enabling of the current regime Iran. And right now, Mohsen Rumi Parsa joins me from Irvine, California today. Hello, sir. Hi, Gianjan. How are you? Nice to, nice to talk to you today. It's, it's nice to talk to you. And I actually want to talk to you about football, soccer on this epic day that featured the, the Iran-England match at the World Cup, which I know would have been on very, very early where you are in California. But let's start with your social media initiative. Um, this is not something that comes as a surprise to a lot of people in the Iranian diaspora, let alone those inside Iran, that there is something funky going on when it comes to um, Twitter, Instagram, Meta. Um, what was it that you saw that led you, that precipitated you wanting to take some kind of action? Absolutely. So, you know, I, I'm an attorney 
you know, that's that's what I do for a living. But I'm also involved with a startup, a software startup. So I'm fairly familiar with the digital world because, um, you know, we have a team and we're tackling it. We're building an app. We've built an app, but we're working on, you know, expanding it and making it better. Um, for a while now, I have had concerns about um, institutional terrorists and terrorists in general having access to social media platforms and using these platforms to radicalize and receive support from you know uh, people from all over the world uh, the world as we know it has changed there's this sense of immersive reality where the virtual reality the, the i don't know if it's the actual reality or the reality that we live in have immersed to the point where you know um, we need some rules and regulations and what I'm arguing with the court in this case is that these companies, there's a very real conflict of interest when it comes down to enforcing their own terms and conditions. Um, and I don't think that they're doing it fairly and um, equally uh, with respect to all users. Um, and that's basically what I'm pursuing in, in federal court right now. What, uh, sorry, just to cl cl clarify the terms, what's an institutional terrorist? Great question. So, you know, institutional terrorist uh, organization is Islamic Republic, right? So IRGC, Islamic Re Revolution Revolutionary Guard Corps, is the arm of the Islamic Republic regime. Yes. Which has been designated as a terrorist organization by both US and Canada. Um, Islamic Republic is vicariously funding IRGC. Um, and also, uh, um, Islamic Republic has been um, designated as a state sponsor of uh, terrorism since 1984, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. um, so, in my opinion, uh, a, a, an organization like Islamic Republic or ISIS Mm. This would be considered institutional terrorist okay. organizations. Okay. By the way, we, we haven't in Canada advanced to the place where the IRGC is fully on the terrorist list. Uh, that is something that you guys have done in the United States, and, and some people are still trying oh, to get okay. the Canadian government to move on. But certainly there's been uh, moves in that direction uh, more recently. Um, sure. Thanks so, for clarifying. Yeah. I, 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 I heard that Canada was designating IRGC as a terrorist organization and if it hasn't happened yeah. I know for a fact in the US it has yes yes thank you for correcting it, me about that in, in in some ways it has in some ways in Canada in some ways it hasn't and I I was just keenly aware that there would be some people listening who would be writing in right now going wait Please a minute correct me about Canada uh, because I don't know the rules well people are sensitive about it because they a lot sure. of people want this to be uh, the, the IRGC okay. to be on, on the terrorist list so so draw the link to me between what you have observed in in terms of the imbalance the the uh, the subjectivity the 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 inequity of the way uh sure. social media platforms like instagram and twitter uh, meet out their content and the iran situation absolutely so in essence um these social media platforms are saying that uh, we will enforce our own terms and conditions the community guidelines if you will um but but the problem is these mega platforms that have hundreds of millions of users um they also have an incentive to um to to grow their platforms right because the number one source of income revenue for these companies is through selling advertising services. 
And uh, we all know that controversy draws emotional response. And controversial figures, a lot of users, a lot of clicks, a lot of shares, a lot of engagement and impressions. Um, And then you argue that you want to enforce your own terms and conditions. There is a real conflict of interest. Mm. And so what we are observing now is this. People, ordinary people, are getting their accounts blocked or have their impressions uh, uh, diminished, whereas somebody like Khamenei, who has you know 4.9 million followers on Instagram and a couple hundred thousand followers on Twitter, um, being able to do what he does, uh, promoting hate speech. I mean, so go- going back to your point, th- there are terms and conditions for these platforms where they say that, you know, Hate speech is not allowed. Um, anything that promotes violence is not allowed. Khamenei has violated every single one of these terms and conditions, mm. <laughs> and yet he's still on these platforms. And and what would be the incentive? Just to to, to to be very very clear about it, what would be the incentive of Meta to to allow him to be on the platform to continue to allow him there? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to find out, mm. if I can satisfy the issue of standing in this case, because it's a serious issue that I'm um, I'm, I'm battling with right now. It, standing basically means my ability to bring this lawsuit in federal court. Um, the lawyers for Twitter and Instagram um, and, and Meta are arguing that I should not have standing to bring this lawsuit um, because you know, by virtue of these individuals, these government officials of Islamic Republic being on these platforms have not harmed me. And I have my own arguments for the sake of, since we're in active litigation, I can't really right, divulge right. my strategy right actually, now. But, actually, let me stop you because let me come sure. to the lawsuit. I just sure, want to sure. point out two things that are implicit in what you're saying and just to make a underscore the point. These social media platforms, first of all, I, I know what I'm saying is not rocket size, but it, it is worth saying these things sometimes. These are businesses, all right? They don't, they don't, because, because we can get um, lulled into feeling like these are platforms that allow everybody to have a voice. And, you know, they sort of some, sometimes speak in that language, freedom of expression. And this is an open source. This is a town hall, you know, whatever uh, Elon Musk is saying lately. But whether it's Google or whether it's whether it's Twitter or, or whether it's Instagram or Meta, obviously, these are businesses that have uh, as you say, um, an incentive in some cases to not be uh, an egalitarian platform, Impartial. right? Exactly. Uh, and and we've learned that through studies, whether it's the, you know, the uh, last election in this in the states or um, all kinds of places where we now know that these these platforms, as you say, operate to stir things up and because it's it's good business for them. Um, and secondly, I should just note that it's some because it's something we've talked about on this show that when it comes to Iran and this current revolution, there's been some very conspicuous um, suppression of voices uh, in the diaspora, uh, let alone internet crackdowns in Iran who have been speaking out against the regime. And this is something that I mentioned on this program before that happened to us as well, where all of a sudden we see some of our posts, some of our programs, some of my essays, for example, take a dramatic dip uh, as if, and we start hearing from people saying, oh, I can't see your content. I can't see your stories. And this is where the this um, notion of shadow banning uh, has come up that we've learned about. I didn't even know what that was. I've learned about that in the last couple of months. So 
so that whether we know exactly what's going on or not, we know that there's a lot of people in the Iranian diaspora, um, especially those who are outspoken, especially those who have a platform, experiencing some conspicuous, strange activities when it comes to the suppression of their content. Yes? Absolutely. And, you know, um, but we have to also keep in mind, they these companies, uh, they, uh, um, they write codes, right? They have developers that write codes, algorithms, that do a lot of this automatically. Um, there's an incentive for them to try to um, downplay violence because people don't want to be on these platforms and observe anything that's violent. Well, obviously, us for for us people, Iranians in diaspora, um, we want to be the voice of the people in Iran and we want to do what we can to amplify what's happening in Iran right. um, because maybe the world media is not as interested in Iranians being where they are today. and. We have to also be mindful. Again, people may, you know, not necessarily appreciate what I tell you, but we've had three major revolutions in the last 100 years. We also have to accept that we are also at fault for the world not taking us very seriously. But we still have to do what we can. I feel like this is the first time, at least I can remember as far as, and I've studied history a little bit. I, I'm not going to claim that I know history. Clearly, I don't even know about the laws in Canada as well as I should, but I'm just, you know, an American attorney. But this is the first time where, like, Iranians inside and outside of Iran have come together yes. and formed this unity yes. against a brutal, ruthless regime. And people like you, I, and I told you the, before the program, and I'm not trying to, um, you know, just give you some um, positive feedback just because, you know, I'm on your show. But the truth of the matter is we need people like you. Uh, we need programs that uh, 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 that is directed to Iranians in, in outside of Iran mm. because there is this massive population now. And um, we need to bridge the gap between us and the people inside of Iran. Although I will say, and again, people may not appreciate this, but I consider myself an Iranian-American. Mm -hmm. I came here when I was in middle school. I used this country's resources, and uh, everything I have was given to me in this country. They respected me. They took me in. Obviously, I took advantage of the situation. But I still, Iran is my motherland. I will do what I can, what is in my power, to advocate for our people, just like you are just like everybody else who stepped up. And what I tell people about what I'm doing right now is this. It's not about how significant your attempt is or your movement. It's, mm. it's about doing what you can right. to show unity and solidarity with the people inside of right. Iran. Or doing That's something. I mean, uh, uh, we're going to exactly. get to Team Meli, but doing something is... Right. So, so tell me about the step where you said to yourself, okay, I'm seeing this stuff with the social media platforms that upsets me, uh, uh, and I'm a lawyer, and I'm a you know a, a young rising star lawyer. Uh, um, I, th those are not just my words, those are some of the, the awards that you've won are called rising star awards, that you, that you say, okay, I'm gonna actually try and take these mega corporations um, to court, I'm gonna launch a lawsuit. Tell me about that decision. Um, just like just like millions of other Iranians outside of Iran who I swear to God, I'm not kidding when I tell you my my son, my second my I have a four year old daughter. My son was born last week. Oh. 
I thought to myself at some point to buy a plane ticket and fly back to Iran and go and fight. Clearly, I can't do that mm-hmm. because now I have three dependents. You know, I can't um, just make decisions that uh, that would serve me because I am now a unit, right? So I was like, what else can I do? Well, one thing that we know is Islamic Republic has cl- shut down internet time and again on 80 million Iranians. Yep. And yet they still continue to use these platforms to disseminate lies, false information, hate speech, promoting violence and, and whatnot. So I was like, how do we, how do, uh, is there a way to cut their access off of these platforms? Now, unfortunately, Elon Musk decided to purchase Twitter. Twitter was obviously the policy for Twitter was different. Now the policy has changed. Um, I, Elon Musk is my ideal. I love Elon Musk, not from a personal um, personality wise, mm-hmm. but from a, a, a professional entrepreneurial spirit that he has. Okay. He has taught me a lot. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? I am going to put up this battle. Obviously, I knew I was going to go against some of the best lawyers um, in the United States and maybe even, you know, anywhere in the world. But, you know, I, I took this step. Um, it's not it's an uphill battle. But, um, you know, I've been practicing law. I do litigation. I've done litigation for a decade now. And can I win this case? I don't know. Chances are odds are against me. What but what what, what are you trying? What are you trying to win i don't mean to sound so, like curt but sure yeah. um yeah. so the in very simple plain english deplatforming ayatollah and his friends Khamenei and his mm. friends from uh, from social media platforms that's my goal however it's 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 going to be very very difficult for the reasons i stated because they have a strong following and i i'm not saying that uh, this what i'm about to say is is purely speculation okay mm-hmm. it's purely speculation okay. but the terms and conditions for these mega platforms allow them to use to sell data to third parties on their users, meaning that theoretically, Islamic Republic can reach out to them and buy data pertaining to all of us, mm. people inside and outside of Iran that are engaged in some type of digital demonstration to profile us, to do whatever they want and that it just it's just it doesn't sit well with me mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. to raise awareness in this country is what i'm trying to do with this lawsuit how would it goes way beyond this iran situation this is a constitutional issue this is an issue where you know it was discussed in the congress when during trump uh, trump's election last uh, last term when the russians uh, mingled with the american elections sure, and sure. so it's a serious issue and at some point, we really need to find a solution. If you can do this v- very briefly and very accessibly, <laughs> um, you know, use common language that all understand. Uh, how? Um, I mean, there's obviously a moral case. You know, there's a a popular case to say we don't want the ayatollahs on these social platforms and and with their manip- manipulative propaganda or whatever. What what is the legal case? Uh, in okay, so the legal case, uh, without uh, giving away my strategy, because some people might be watching this okay. that uh, aren't adversarial to me, mm-hmm. um, is in, 
in a, a breach of an implied uh, covenant of good faith to protect the integrity of the users by applying um, the terms of use and uh, community guidelines fairly and equally across the board to all users, Fair regardless enough. of who they are. Fair enough. It, is it? Is it? I mean, you've picked a battle. You're really. It's really. It's. It's David and Goliath is a is an understatement in this case, right? I mean, you're you're not just going up against the Islamic Republic and the IRGC and the agents and the funds and all of that stuff, but you're going up against the 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 biggest power brokers in the world right now, which are these social media pl platforms. You actually tweeted on uh, November 3rd, uh, update, Elon Musk and Twitter have hired one of the best international law firms in the world to get my lawsuit immediately dismissed. The firm has approximately 1,100 attorneys plus Elon Musk versus me. Then you say, you added, I'm strangely craving this matchup. I, I mean, that's a, do you, do you feel intimidated by the fact that uh, not to be disrespectful, but it seems like on the face of it, you, you don't have a chance in hell, you know, going up against this kind of firepower between the regime and the regimes of these uh, social media platforms. Um, I So, you know, I, I grew up playing soccer. Soccer is like my number one passion in life. And the one lesson you learn in soccer is you always keep your head up and you fight. You know, it's the spirit that counts. Um, I definitely have a shot at this, and if I can get through the, you know, the the standing hurdle and can uh, safely land my case in federal court jurisdiction, then it's going to be a lot more interesting because then I'm going to be propounding discovery, which is a set of questions about hmm. how they, you know, um, use the data and how do they, how does the algorithm work, and obviously they're going to try to object and try to like minimize the amount of information I'm going to receive, but it definitely gets interested. I'm not into intimidated, although I'm putting myself at risk for reasons I discussed with you offline, not just with the Islamic Republic regime, but also some of the consequences that this could have on me personally here. Yes. That I don't want to discuss, you know, on this, uh, yes. on this, yes. on this uh, uh, interview. But um, generally speaking, I'm not intimidated. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm putting up a fight for my people. I consider myself a knight, you know, and this is the least I can do short of buying a plane ticket, flying back to Iran and being on in the streets of No, and, of, and you're you know, Iran and it's been a it's become a mantra that everybody has to do their part in the way they they best can and i would dare say that it's more helpful to all of us uh including the kids in iran who are leading this revolution for you to be doing the work you're doing rather than going and picking up some stones and 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 joining the protesters in tehran um but just before i leave this this topic because i want to actually ask you about football and soccer because you're not just a a fan, but somebody who's played for years and and has a relationship with both the Iranian team and the U.S. team as a as a player. Um, is there anything in terms of the issue of internet restrictions inside Iran? Mm -hmm. Is there anything we can realistically legally do about that from the diaspora? Absolutely. Um, this is not something that I'm willing to do because it's a massive undertaking. But uh, one thing we can do is to create a fund where Iranians in diaspora can contribute money 
to an organization, this organization has to be very transparent, obviously, and have the best people that work for it. And, uh, you know, the money collected, we can buy um, Starlink units and be able to, unfortunately, smuggle them inside of Iran and give access to Internet to people so that they can uh, start uh, sharing news and information out um, about what's happening in Iran when the government shuts down Internet. Um, other than that, unfortunately, um, because of some international sovereignty laws, nobody can really do anything, mm. just like nobody can do anything about North mm. Korea or some of the other right. uh, you know, countries that are close to the international community. But there's definitely uh, things that we can do, such as, you know, Starlink, uh, which, which is definitely something people can use to at least um, be able to, um, to, to communicate with the outside world. Because right now, if things get crazy, they shut down the internet and nobody has, um, right. nobody's able to communicate with, uh, you know, the outside of Iran. All right, Mohsen, let me ask you about um, football. And, and, you know, we've been skating the line between um, um, not wanting to take the focus off uh, the regime and the atrocities inside of Iran by talking World Cup, but uh, the World Cup is relevant uh, in a lot of ways, um, practically and symbolic, uh, symbolically. And we've been talking about on the show uh, the big game that happened this morning between uh, Iran and and England. You're in an interesting position. I'm eager to hear from you on this because you're not just somebody who's clearly um, working very hard donating your time and your energies and your expertise uh, to work against this regime. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm aware that you'll have a very strong feeling of wanting to do what's best for, for the movement, for the revolution. On the other hand, you're also a, a football player, a soccer player, who I think was recruited by Team Melly when you were in your, your teens and has had a relationship with the, the U.S. Olympic soccer team. Like you're a, you're a good enough player that you're of that caliber. So you probably have an empathy and understanding for these, these football players. What was your how were you processing what we were going through this morning watching uh, Team Melly, who's been a, a profound disappointment to, to many people uh, for not speaking out more against the regime, play against England, who were taking the knee and, um, you know, by the end of the game, uh, um, kicking Iran's ass? Um, well, Thank you for for the compliments. Uh, so I, I was a I was a good enough player to play at a high level, but I wasn't good enough to make it as a professional player. Um, but I was recruited or invited to the to the Iran's youth national team uh, when Mr. Um, Jalali uh, uh, was the head coach of the team. Um, I was in a tournament in Italy. This is like 15 or maybe more years ago, and. He, um, you know, and Dr. Zadmer, they, you know, recruited me to to go and uh, try out for the for the youth national team, and I trained with the with the national team in Azadi Stadium wow. um, for some time. But unfortunately, didn't make the final cut. But I did play in the U.S. Um, soccer is a huge part of my life. It's a huge passion, and for the time that I spent in Iran in the national team camp, um, I got to spend time with the kids with the boys who played for the youth national team. And when I, one thing I want to tell people, and again, we have a lot, there's a lot of emotions, Yeah. right? There's a lot of emotions, but I, some of the things I am saying, I know they're better. People don't want to don't hear them, but 
let's we have to be very cautious of not um converting a form of radicalism that we dislike to another form of radicalism that we feel is the right thing to do hmm. meaning that um we should respect individuals who are not willing to do what it takes um to to get rid of 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 people that are suppressing mm -hmm. um their people i'm not saying that we should respect them i'm not saying that we should uh, honor them and they should be a national hero what i'm saying is we should respect individualism in our culture okay um that is one thing i will tell you and i'll tell you why um, is that to say um, you 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 don't expect Team Melly to um, speak I, out? I am deeply hurt. If you look at my tweets, I'm deeply hurt because I was expecting to see more out of this national team, and I ran so many different scenarios in my head as to what would be the best course of action mm. for them. Look, as a as somebody who's worked with U.S. Soccer Federation for ten years. I work with Major League Soccer, I work with USL, Glasgow Rangers of Scotland, and many other European clubs um, and represented American clubs. I can tell you this, as much as we want to say <laughs> soccer is not a political sport, it is the most political sport on the planet, right? So, you know, you, and, and, you know as a national team player, you're basically getting all these uh, perks of being on the national team. For right. example, four years ago, all of these players were national heroes. I'm sure when they went back to Iran, they got this massive, you know, support and people loved them. We loved them. Um, but with being, you know, under the spotlight of being on the national team also comes responsibility to your people. Because without the support of your people, you're a nobody. So in my humble opinion, the national team should have done a lot more. If it was up to me, I would have asked them to kneel down and not even play. Because I think the world was expecting to see a, a, a stronger, bolder reaction mm. from these players. But I've lived with players that make it to the national team. They come from extremely poor neighborhoods in Iran, or they come from cities outside of Tehran. And it kind of goes back to a bigger issue, and that issue is awareness, education. Mm. Unfortunately, you know, we're suffering so much because of lack of education. These players, they don't know better. They're a bunch of 20 plus year olds. So to crush them right now, to shred them into pieces for what they did. Right. I don't know if that's something that I am personally prepared to do. Are they my heroes? Am I going to remember them, you know, in Iran's uh, soccer history? Probably not. I'm very disappointed. But to shred them into pieces, to, th you know, thread them. Right. To, to to do some of the things that I've already seen on social media platforms after the game, I'm not personally too keen, although I understand the strong I emotion gotcha. and the feeling gotcha. that the people are going through. But but you know, this 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 idea that they're 
I mean, it's, it's even something that I brought up because I've I've interviewed athletes before. I've covered a couple of Olympics, and and, and you know these are um, young people. First of all, to be that good an athlete, you have to be in kind of a bubble. You spent your life, you know, um, fastidiously doing sixteen hour days of just training, and you know you're you're not necessarily uh, you become that profoundly good because you've been so dedicated to the craft that you're not that your your awareness, as you say, is 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 potentially going to be limited in terms of uh, um, um, social and cultural uh, experience that you might have by your early 20s. But is it really realistic to suggest these guys don't know what happened in Zahedan or what's happening in Tehran or, or the edict about the executions or Mahabad this weekend? I mean, is it really realistic to say these guys who are, you know, probably have iPhones and are connected and uh, don't know what's going on? So I can personally answer your question and then I'll, I will have uh, a, a, a recommendation. My personal answer is they absolutely knew because when they were playing, I'm a soccer player. Mm -hmm. They had no soul, no spirit. They had nothing. It was a bunch of zombies running around with no spirit. Yeah. That tells me that they knew exactly what they were doing. What I'm asking for is, they're not our national heroes, okay? They're not my national heroes, at least. Mm. Like, I'm not gonna ever remember this team. I always remember Ali Dai, Ali Karimi, Karim Bagheri, Mahdavi Kia. Mahdavi Kia had a contract with FIFA and refused to show up for the, for the game. Mm. You know, they should have seen their predecessors like Dai, Karimi, Mahdavi Kia, Karim Bagheri, all of these individuals who stood up with the people of Iran. I still feel that we should have grace in terms of not completely destroying them. Okay. I feel like um, we are better than Islamic Republic as a as a as a as a uh, as a country where you know we can forget about them, we will not honor them. But there's no need for us to trash them. I got you. That's just my humble yeah. opinion. I'm yeah, not saying you. that I'm right. It's just, I'm just yeah. like, and one thing that we should learn as a country is to respect each other's opinions without judging each other. We judge. Unfortunately, we judge. Just because somebody disagrees, we start saying, oh, oh they're with Islamic Republic. Oh, they're with, uh, yeah. you know, Reza Pahlavi. Or they're with Ismailion. Or Ismailion is with Mujahideen. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. not too keen of that way because you. if we are trying to uh, elevate as a nation, we have to learn to have grace and patience with one another. Listen, I, 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 I love everything you're saying. That this one small pushback, for example, though, is the expectations we have of some people working in some fields versus those in others. So I, I have had, for example, Iranian artists say, it feels like a double standard that we're we're expected to not play concerts, to not make films, to not do plays, to not, especially those inside Iran. But, but Team Ali, you know, uh, everybody's going to be happy if they just don't sing the national anthem. Um, so, I mean, these are... That's a these, good point. That's a very valid point. It's, it's yeah. very clunky, right? It's clunky to yeah. try and figure this out. Why do these guys get a, a pass? Whereas artists, for example, are expected to, you, you know, I mean, are, are screamed at for doing a concert in Australia, right? I mean, it's a, uh, that's also what's, um, what's fueling some of the, 
um, the anger because of, it feels like double standards. But I, I totally hear what you're saying. I mean, uh, also as a football fan, and I said this earlier in our roundtable, it was shocking to me. I'm not somebody who avidly follows every game of Team Melly and finds it somewhere on the internet, etc. But um, I, I have come to expect that they're a pretty good team, you know, going into the World Cup, uh, certainly considered one of Asia's best. They were awful. They were awful today. I mean, as much as I love my England team, you know, that uh, who who looked really good and have found some kind of rhythm that they didn't have in the last six games, it, it just looked it looked horrible. It, it on, a, it, on a good day, on a good day, it would have been like a close close loss. Yeah, it would have yeah. been, it wouldn't be a six two yeah. match. It would have been like a two one or two nil or you know yeah. something like that. And yeah. you're right. You know, the greatest greatest athletes of all time always talk about um, how important. The mind is how important focus is how important team unity is and all of that and and i i almost say this with some some i say it in a forlorn way it's these guys you know they've been pulled in all kinds of different directions emotionally whatever they've decided to do or not do not take the knee etc and i guess it really fucked them up on the field you know I've been thinking about this for days now because, like I said, soccer, football is a huge part of my life and my identity. I'm actually someday going to write a book about this too. But um, it was their ego. It was their ego because, look, the lady who rock climbed mm-hmm. took off her scarf, El Nazjan. She was so courageously brave. They literally, like, they didn't, like, they apparently like people lost contact with her for like 24 to 48 hours and then next we heard she was placed on a plane and flew back and then she was under house arrest yeah. in in iran or the the basketball team um who took off all their scarves so you know i i am disappointed in us men persian irani by the way i don't like the word persian because persian just means parse and mm-hmm. Iran is a country of so many different um, ethnicities. Right. So I, I correct myself. Thank you, thank you, counselor. You know, yeah. for, <laughs> you know yeah. it, so it just, I, I'm just so disappointed because us Iranian men, we kept going to the stadiums all of these years, knowing that this regime was uh, not allowing 50 or even 60% of the population to come to the stadiums. Mm-hmm. We ignored every single time they, um, you know, they uh, they violated basic rights of our women. The women are standing up. Two actresses were arrested just recently for removing their scarves. Yes. I was begging in my heart. I was begging our national team to to take yeah. a strong stance to in support in solidarity with our woman. No, and, and, and listen, don't take anything away from Tumaj the rapper or uh, Hossein Ronaki or like you, you know there are, there are men sure. who are paying a dear price for this as well. Absolutely. But you, but you're the but the contrast of the women's basketball team to team Melly couldn't be greater. Uh, it absolutely. couldn't be greater, and you're absolutely but, but, right. But Jianjian, we still have to do a lot more as as um, t- as a progressive nation. I mean, look, um, for for so many years, when somebody asked me where you're from, I would just drop my head down and kind of feel, pretend yeah. like, oh God, like I'm yeah. gonna have to address this question now because of all the negative yeah. uh, propaganda. For the first time in history of my existence yeah. on this planet, I feel like I can keep my head up. 
and proudly say I'm an Iranian American because we've shown to the world what we stand for but as a as a as a as a male figure who was born in Iran this is my personal opinion that I expect a lot more mm. of of men um, and I say this because when I needed help with a lot with my lawsuit when I reached out to the public for lawyers to, re to 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 reach out to me if they can help. I I kid you not. Every single person that reached out to me were women, and there were only maybe like a handful of guys. I literally reached out and begged some of the lawyers I knew, and they brought up excuses and didn't want to be involved. Right. So we need to do better. We need to accept responsibility. I'm not taking away anything from anyone has done, but it's not enough. We need to do a lot more. Mohsen, I, I I thank you so much for coming on the program. Uh, I, I we're gonna. Ha I I feel like I must beg you to come back and continue this conversation. The World Cup's gonna go go on for another month, so I'm sure we're gonna have fodder to uh, to continue to, to to discuss. But um, as well, your lawsuit keep us in touch with how it's going, and thank you for fighting that brave um, David and Goliath fight. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for, for you and having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And I wish you all the best. Wish the Iranians all over the world are the best. I'm so happy, so gracious, so grateful. So just you have no idea how many times I've cried over the past several weeks of this unity yeah. that now exists amongst us. I so do have, I do have kudos an idea. to us. I do have an idea. I, I, and Because I, I get it. I, I feel yeah. the same. Thank you to be continued. Merci. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. That's Mohsen Parsa, an award-winning Iranian-American attorney. Uh, thanks to him for joining us on this show. This is Full Time for Rook for today. Uh, Rook episode 217, The Uprising. Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. Uh, Savi Roham, Anahita, Parisa, Pega, Merhadad, and Shaya. Thank you to all of you out there. Uh, who support us and share our content, please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Find me on Instagram at Gian Gomeshi. And as ever, Mizumashi. Mizumashi.